a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Well, maybe it was just on the internet. Hey, what do I know? I'm just the voiceover dude. Anyway, three people decide to be a bright, brand new original idea to get together on the internet and talk about all sorts of things. Everything was fair game. Things like video games. All your base are belong to us. Comics. I'm Batman. TV shows. I'll be in my bunk. Movies. Time to nut up or shut up. All we cared about was having a good, long, nerdy conversation. So have a seat, kick your feet up, and relax with our hosts, the Atahan. It's, it's always fun to beat up hookers with a giant purple dildo. Naki. Um, I say dicks a lot. Dicks, 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 dicks. Chris. I love how we keep talking about penises today. (laughs) (laughs) And don't forget our weekly special guest host. Now let's get ready to talk about all things good and nerdy. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to episode, I believe this is 39 of All Things Good and Nerdy. Um, I'm Chris, and joining me today, we have our recurring guest host for the month of Ryan. Where Ryan? No speaking? I'm, I'm, I'm muted, sorry. <laughs> I got confused there because you saluted me and then I heard nothing. I went, am I going insane because I hear no voice? Well, insane you is are awesome. insane. You are a little bit insane. We've been doing this for almost a year now. That's a scary thing. As you can also tell, those of you on the audio version, also today we have Naki with us. Hi. Hello, hello. And if you're watching the video version, you might have noticed that we are missing the Adahe today. He had something come up at the last moment, so... He will not be joining us today. As far as I know, he'll be back next week. So in honor of Adahe's not being here, we're going to call this show Now with 100% Less Adahe for this week. Or we'll just call it Ryanuary Part 2, whatever, I don't care. Ryanuary Rises! Or, or the Ryanuary Rises, I don't know. That sounds like it I'm could not, be a porno name. I'm not name. the guest host you deserve, but I am the guest host you need. Well, like otherwise it, it would just be me and Chris talking. We've done that before, but it was only a half hour long. Yeah, we got a two-hour show with just me and you talking. People are going to take naps. People take naps when they listen to our show anyways. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, for So for those of you guys that are watching live right now, um, if you're interested in popping into the show to help fill Adahe's open seat, just hit me up on Twitter, at Roundtable Nerds, and we'll bring you on the show in midstream, and you can join in our insanity or other crazy things like that. Don't worry, none of us really bite except for Ryan occasionally. He gets hungry. Um, <laughs> biting, well, biting is not the primary function of my mouth. And I on that I'm not note, even I'm gonna, gonna drink my tea. Point. I'm not even going to ask. <laughs> oh shit. So uh shall we start with our news of the week? Live from the ATG and Studios on uh, the internet. It's the news of the week. Hooray, news of the week. Sounds good. Who would like to go first this week? Um, I'll go first. I'll be the uh, enthusiastic one. (laughs) Enthusiasm. Shut your face hole. So, yeah, I'm that friendly. Um, So there is a rumor, and it's not yet confirmed, uh, that Ryan Gosling is targeting to play the Flash in the Justice League movie. Um... I'm fine with this because that means more Ryan Gosling for me. But he was um, he was quoted as saying, and I, I haven't seen this movie yet, so I really want to know um, if he's right in saying this. So anybody in the peanut gallery wants to uh, tell me what they think of this. 
Uh, he said that the movie Drive was his attempt at a superhero movie. He had a costume and everything. Uh, he says, here's the thing. Drive was my attempt at a superhero movie. I had a costume and everything. The scorpion jacket, it was like mm-hmm. my cape. It was like the idea of a guy that had seen too many superhero movies and then decided he was going to make himself one. So, on that note, what do you guys think of him being the Flash? Well, I like Ryan Gosling. I haven't seen Drive, but I've heard a lot of mixed reviews about it. Um, but I could I could see him as being uh, being a stalwart Barry Allen. Yeah, I'd see him more as a Barry Allen than a Wally West, that's for sure. So my guess is they're going to go the Barry Allen route if they go with uh, Ryan Gosling. Well, would you prefer Barry Allen or Wally West? Wally is the Flash I like, but they won't. I don't think they'll do Wally just because if you've been reading the New Fifty Two, Wally still doesn't exist. So they're trying to pretend like he doesn't exist. And if you want to make your comics sell your movie and your movie sell your comics, you're going to use the guy who's currently under the mask. I agree wholeheartedly. I would prefer to see Wally, but they're probably going to do Barry. Yeah. That, that being said, I, I would if it's going to be Wally, it needs to be Michael Rosenbaum because number one, he's the voice from the cartoons and nailed it. Number two, he could look. He can pull off the look of Wally West. Didn't he play Lex Luthor in Smallville? Yes, he's Lex Luthor in Smallville. Okay. Making sure I have his face right in my head. Yes, you you had that 100% right. And he does creepy villain real well, and he does over-enthusiastic superhero real well. And there's also rumors he's in the running to play Star-Lord, I think, in Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Ooh. You could see that. I'd be cool with that. Well... Let's keep in mind, though, that everybody's been rumored for that because they threw out Zachary Levi's name for that. They threw out Joseph Gordon-Levitt's name for that. And, and all these news articles in the past week have said, oh, these guys are going to get the role, and nobody's gotten the role yet, and a new yeah. person's name comes out every two or three days. Look, all I care about is who's going to play Groot. I don't even know but, who that is. Groot's my, the giant living tree from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. John Rice davies John Rice davies He did it in Lord of the Rings. He could do it. He was an Ent. Ah, here we go. We actually have a comment on the chat room side that I could see brings that. back some nostalgia for me. Ciro says, as far as I'm concerned, there's only one Flash. John Wesley's ship. End of story. And if you guys watch The Flash from the 90s, that was actually pretty good for a 90s superhero TV show. Did any of you guys watch yeah, that? Yeah, that, uh, that was... I'm trying to think if I did. <laughs> Mark okay, Hamill was in it as the trickster. I watched a few episodes, and it was it was in that same era that uh, Lois and Clark came out, yep. and those were both really solid shows. Surprisingly, for the for the time, I would Not love to see. All. I would love to see the Flash TV show come on Netflix or something like that, but it hasn't come on there, and I'm not going to pay. I can never find the DVDs for cheap. The cheapest I found was like 40 bucks, and I was like, I'm not paying that much for this one. But Yeah, I'd, I'd drop 20 bucks on that easily. Yeah, it's a $20 DVD set. Maybe 25 if I'm feeling saucy. Ooh, when are you strong? not feeling saucy, though? That's the real question. Uh, right now, because I'm still fighting off the flu. That's true. Yeah, keep your plague on your side of the world. I'm glad I'm far away in West Virginia, and you can't transmit the plague over the internet yet. I'm the closest to him being in um, the Chicagoland area, but uh, still far enough away, I think, maybe. That's right. That's why I just cough into envelopes and send them to you. Aw, you're so sweet sharing that with us. That's very nice of you. I'm glad you don't have my address. (laughs) Sharing is caring, guys. Sharing is caring. It's cute that you think I don't have your address. (laughs) <laughs> and now I'm creeped out. Thanks, Brian. I, I, I almost said you don't have my address, but then I realized yes, you yes you do. 
I've been inside your house, which sounds <laughs> a lot creepier when I say it out loud. You got to do it like this. You got to do the Mr. Burns. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in your house. I've been in your house too. Yeah. Yeah, creepers. Well, as we move on to the next story, we have a comment in the chat room. Uh, Ciro is saying that Ryan Gosling is Batman in a conversation with Steven, and no. No. <laughs> I don't um, see that one one bit. But that's, Is that like how Ryan Reynolds is Batman? <sighs> hey, you're the one that bit on that story like two months after April Fool's Day. Because <laughs> I'm a winner, guys! <laughs> well, I will go uh, next since... Um, I'm going to let the guest host go last for our news of the week. And mine was, if you've been following Twitter and all sorts of tech blogs, you probably realized that the Consumer Electronics Show was going on this week. And there were some hella awesome gadgets to come out of it. So I kind of wanted to go through a rundown of just a few I thought were really cool. And did you guys see that NVIDIA is putting out their own console slash portable system called Project Shield? No. Naki, you're on mute. <laughs> I was typing. <laughs> I was trying to make this easier for you to edit later. God damn it. Chris, I can't help but notice that the article that you are referencing is from gunnageek.com, written by one Chris Farrell. It's by Chris Farrell. I, I don't know who that guy is, but he's frequently on a, <laughs> another show as a guest host called The Fanboy Buzz, I think it is. I hear that guy's I'm told a it's hack. Really good. I think that guy's a hack. Yeah, I think Chris Farrell's an internet hack, but hey. People seem to like him a little bit, I guess. People like him? I think they're just being nice to him. Probably. But anyway, let's go back on topic here. Did you guys see the stuff about Project Shield and what it looked like, even? I did not, no. All right, well, I've pulled up some screenshots here off of the article. And, well, that's not really a good one. Crap. But right here, it basically looks like an Xbox controller with an LCD display tacked on top of it. Wow. It's going to be an Android gaming system. I, I want it. Buy it for me. Yeah, one, well, of you, you can, one of you rich bitches out there, buy that for me. You'll also be able to hook it into your TV to have full HD graphics, 1080p, I think they said on it. And there's also a wireless capability, and I, I should have read a little deeper, but with certain NVIDIA graphics cards, there's going to be a wireless streaming capability from this handheld piece to your computer to play games that way. Fancy. So it looks like, it looks like uh, someone's already whip, ripping off the, e, uh, the Wii U controller. Well, this is very similar to the Xbox 360 controller when you look at it. Only I was going to say, you can compare it to this push. right here, and it looks the same to me, although only there's a screen. Yeah. But the, it, it, conceptually, it sounded very much like the, uh, the, the Wii U gamepad where you can play the game on it and then have the game on a larger screen, you know, via... Um, via I lost my train of thought, but I did like that 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 the functionality seems seems similar to me and I, I like that. I think that that's a that's a great way for, for games to go where you can have the option of playing something portable, but then when you're home, you know, then you have that option of throwing it up on a bigger screen and that really makes uh um makes sense in a lot of ways with the technology we have. Right. And it just goes to show how the mobile gaming area is getting so crowded between the smartphones now, your Nintendo DS, your PlayStation Vita, and now NVIDIA is getting in to do a platform that will be mobile and at home. But if you really look at it now, this is a better picture, which I should have brought up first. It really does look a lot like the Xbox controller, only they flip-flopped the D-pad and the left joystick, and they sunk the buttons down into the controller so that they're basically flushed down in, which from a gaming perspective, I'm not sure how much I'd care for that. 
my my first instinct looking at that controller is that that looks it doesn't look like a hard edge around where the screen folds in, but it looks like enough of an edge to be uncomfortable. Like yeah. right, it'd be right in the, the joint of my thumbs. I'm not sure how how comfortable that would be for long term. It's gaming. one of those ones I'd definitely like to try and mess around with for a little bit, but I don't know. It, it's going to be very hard to take over in the mobile gaming sphere. And I think what might help them here is the fact that it's going to be running Android. So theoretically, the games you buy on your phones, you could th- you could play on there, mm-hmm. which gives them a leg up over some elements of their competition. I would wager. Well, and, and I, I again, I, I really like the idea of you know I'm on I'm on the bus or on the train. I'm sitting there playing a game. I come home and I'm like you know normally if I'm if I if I get in the door the DS goes immediately on my nightstand and that's it. I'm done for the day unless I'm playing in bed. But if I could be playing a game and then sit down at my TV, turn it on, you know wirelessly flip the video over, plug it in, and have the the you know the uh, the image move to the TV and keep playing. That would be really cool. Right. Well, we got a couple comments about the shield itself before we talk about some other tech ones. And, oh, crap, I scrolled too far. Uh, Ciro, says, Ciro says, I'm a huge Android gamer, and I'm very interested in the shield. Yes, it's got an odd form factor. Yes, it's a kind of weird concept. But the ability to play Android games using an actual controller in an integrated screen, epic win. Uh, continuing, uh, he says, I'm not even a PC gamer, so the shield ability to stream stuff doesn't interest me, but still... Unfortunately, I don't see the Shield being commercially successful. Android and Tegra 4, that's some serious power. And yeah, it is. They're going to have that thing. It's going to be a beast. And uh, let's see. Also, Troma Time's on now and says, someone buy it for me. I want. <laughs> that's what I was saying. You guys are rich bitches, right? Buy it for me. And I haven't seen anything on price yet, but I don't imagine it's going to be cheap. But I could be wrong. Um, Steven, which... Uh is from this this show called The Fanboy Buzz. Um, at thefanboybuzz.com? At thefanboybuzz.com. Um, it's just fanboybuzz.com, though. we got to say it right. You know, we uh, plug everyone else's shows more than we plug our own shows. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, had, he had mentioned before my chat reset itself that I am a lot like his co-host, JS, because apparently I mute myself and quote things from The Onion. Although I don't quote things from The Onion, I just don't know how to read dates which apparently is important when getting trolled by April Fool's Day. <laughs> uh, Ciro says it's more than around $200. I can't, if it's more than $200, I can't see people buying it, which I think is legit because in today's market, you're already spending on how much to buy your smartphone and carry that around and one more gadget that's highly priced. It's going to be a tough sell, but if NVIDIA really wants to get in the market, they're going to put the price in low, I think, to start. Yeah. But I just have awful flashbacks of the N-Gage right now for some reason. I don't know why. I I have awful flashbacks of the N-Gage every day. I mean, I, I have to go to Did therapy. Did you own one? For it. It's, it's awful. I should point out, um, whenever someone mentions uh, the, the Fanboy Buzz at fanboybuzz.com, adding adding the URL is like is like when Adama says, so say we all on Battlestar Galactica. It, it's like an ingrained... I have to say it. Yeah. I have to say it. I can't... You know, someone someone will say it on the street, like in passing conversation or at a convention, and I just so say we all. I, it's it's an automatic reflex at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I thought you were meaning fanboy buzz. That was an automatic reflex, like that at fanboybuzz.com. At the fan, at oh, fanboybuzz.com. <laughs> but I was meaning uh, the fact that people are saying fanboy buzz in front of you, 
and conventions and stuff like that, and you're automatically saying FanboyBuzz.com. Everyone talks about FanboyBuzz at FanboyBuzz.com. Wow. Yeah, I think we just gave him like 80 plugs right there. Steven <laughs> just popped on and said, ha, 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 my job here is done. So good work, Ryan. <laughs> well, let's talk a couple more of the tech items that were there. Are you guys familiar with the uh, the Pebble watch? That would... Yes, that one I know and I wanted. It originally started as a Kickstarter project, and I guess they had working ones at CES that they were letting people <laughs> mess around with, and... It's it's still really cool, I think. About $150 it clocks in at. And for those of you guys that aren't familiar, it's a watch that uses an e-ink display and via Bluetooth connects to your cell phones, and it will display caller ID, text messages, and there's an open platform for people to develop apps for the watch so that the watch can have more functionality. There's, like, an accelerometer and stuff built into it. So there's a lot of potential for where they could go with this watch in the future for cool gadgets. It really reminds me a lot of the Dick Tracy watch. That's actually what I thought of was the Dick Tracy watch. Also, Star Trek. But I don't really know. I'm still upset that no one has developed a watch that is also a phone. There's There was one out there, but it was really shitty. Yeah, I'd feel like you'd be doing like the CIA stuff with well, that. I would, I would imagine it, like at that, at that point, I, I guess it's probably because Bluetooth headsets are, as big as they are, um, they're not Still, they're still not super pervasive in the market, and I think if they were, you would see more devices that are phones that you do not require you to hold it up to your ear because you'll have an earpiece for that connected, you know, wirelessly. Right. The one I vaguely remember seeing something about was a Bluetooth audio head earpiece or whatever that worked with a cell phone watch. But, that would be awesome. I, I Although just that, does, that does completely ruin the Dick Tracy fantasy that I have. It so. does. I, I just kind of um, when I, I still can't get into the whole Bluetooth headpiece thing. Like every time I see it, it's always a douchebag who's wearing it. Like one of those people who won't get off their phone while they're ordering food and like just being completely rude about it. So I whatever every time I see one, I just kind of I'm like, uh, no Bluetooth headset. <laughs> let's see. Let's go with the next one on here and. It's kind of become a badge of honor amongst some people to have the biggest TV they can find. And let's see, Westinghouse debuted one at CES that was a 110-inch 4K screen, which gives you a resolution of 3840 by 2160, which is awful ridiculous. We're getting really close to the Barney Stinson wall TV. Yeah. (laughs) But a 4K screen, I mean, here's the big trade-off is there's really... If you're expecting to be able to watch your shows on cable in 4K, good luck because you've barely got 1080i in most places. And there's not enough bandwidth in the cable system. Sony had put one out where they actually had to put hard drives on the TV so you could download your own 4K video content and watch it. But yes, you can get a 110-inch TV. And just to give you guys an idea of scale, here is a man actually standing next to said TV at CES. That's ludicrous. It how is tall is that man? Ginormous. They didn't say how tall he was, but still, you assume he, let's assume he's average height. Let's say he's maybe 5'10", 5'11". That's still ridiculous. Oh, man, now we can see about the author, that, that guy, Chris. Oh, yeah. I didn't even realize that was on there, actually. That was completely <laughs> unintentional. <laughs> you guys care to guess how much this uh, 110-inch big screen behemoth costs? I really don't. I really I- don't. Yeah, I can't conceptualize that much money right now. 
I think I'm going around 10,000. Oh, much higher. Aww. I wanted to pretend like maybe it might be in normal people price range within the this next is, few years. This is not normal people price range Chris, at Chris, all. Chris, can I bar? Can I buy a car for the price of this television? You could buy a house for the price of this television. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, house Steven or just, TV? House or TV? Stephen just popped up in the chat room. He named the price. He says three hundred thousand dollars. That's one hundred percent right. This TV is going to clock in at three hundred k. Well, the good news is, is if you choose to buy the TV over a house, you can just put the TV over your head and make a nice little lean-to out of it. A rather spacious one at that. I just got the picture of, like, the Eeyore house of two of those things (laughs) folded together. And then, like, you could just be surrounded by your TVs. That would be kind of awesome. (laughs) Let's I see. just put an awful idea in Chris's head, didn't I? <laughs> you might have. Let's see, I got two more gadgets I wanted to talk about, and then we'll move on for my news of the week, is that now Panasonic was going and debuting their uh, newest tablet at CES as well. It is a 20-inch 4K, to 4K resolution tablet running Windows 8, so you get the same resolution. It just was cool to me. I mean, it has a pen and stuff that works with it, too, so you could use it for, like, a digital drawing pad or, like, drawing up blueprints or modifying documents on the fly. It was cool, but it's something I will never be getting. They haven't said anything mm-hmm. about price or anything like that, but it will be running full Windows 8 Professional. It has a Intel Core i5 processor under the hood, 4 gigs of RAM, which can max out at 16, and it has a 120-gigabyte solid-state hard drive, which is pretty awesome for a tablet. I mean, but here's your trade-off. It weighs 5.3 pounds because it's a 20-inch display, and you get two hours of battery life. <laughs> oh. Well, that kind of, like, re- defeats the purpose of a, being a tablet. I mean, it would work for some quick uses if you're trying to use it as, like, a digital drawing pad on the go, like, large screen, things like that. I could see a lot of potential use for it for, like, artists or, like, architects. For two hours. Like but yeah, for but you- two hours... But you can plug it in when you're not using it. I mean, how often are those guys going to be wanting to carry on a 20-inch tablet to use? But, I mean, like, the way that I see it is if you take it to, like, if an artist takes it to a convention to do quick sketches on, because, you know, in between having people come to your booth, you get bored and you draw sketches and whatever, you're not going to be able to get much done. And plus, I, I don't know, I, I'm sure people draw much faster than I do. I'm really slow when it comes to drawing because I'm incredibly meticulous and detailed and crap. So two hours is like maybe half of font lettering for me. So <laughs> I, I just, I don't see it being practical is all. Well, it's, it's as cool as it sounds. But it sounds cool. It's, and you got to remember a lot of stuff you get at CES is basically tech demos to say, yes, we can actually do this. And about half the things you see there will probably never truly be sold. It's true. It's more of, Hey, we have the capability to do that. Um, Let's see, we got a couple comments we've missed. I uh, missed a couple on the uh, on the TV before. Steven says, uh, you can bet the owners of these TVs also use a Bluetooth headset. It's true. <laughs> and then in, uh, in reference to this tablet, Ciro says, that was real. I thought the 20-inch tablet was a joke. Holy crap. Is that a tablet or a tabletop? <laughs> they actually have those tabletop touchscreen things that are really cool. Uh, they have them up-demoed for, and the Microsoft store at least. But. Yeah, that used to be Microsoft Surface before they started making the tablet and changed the Surface name to work for the tablets. Fancy. They did. I, I, man, when they were showing those demos of people playing Dungeons and Dragons on the Microsoft Surface, I was like, how much? 
How much can I sell a kidney for? I want one. <laughs> you just have be. to offer to trade your firstborn child to them, and then you can have one. Well, considering I don't want kids, I've debated just being, and you can sell your eggs and make a pretty penny, and I'm like sitting there like, I'll sell my eggs and get myself a tablet. That'll be a good trade-off. Great plan. <laughs> aim, aim high there, Mackie. Aim high. <laughs> <laughs> don't you judge me, motherfuckers. <laughs> There's no judging that I know of. You guys in the chat room, feel free to judge if you want, I guess, because that's entertaining. <laughs> Uh, let's see, the last gadget on here is, those of you guys who have listened to the podcast for a while probably realize I'm a sucker when it comes to finding a good microphone for doing podcasting, and I have talked up the Blue Yeti a lot because I really enjoyed that. Well, Blue released a new microphone at CES. There's no official release date given yet, sometime in the first half of 2013, but their new microphone, continuing in their trend of naming after animals or animal shapes, is called the Nessie. Well, here's where it gets cool, though. This microphone's going to clock in at 99 bucks, but it has a built-in pop filter and a built-in shock mount on it. Two things that I don't have on mine, so occasionally you hear me bump my desk and you get this kind of noise. Thunk. Yeah, exactly. You get the thunk. And the, the built-in shock mount, and that should reduce that. It has a built-in pop filter. I bought a pop filter because if it wasn't here, you'd hear me popping my peas a lot. And thankfully, that seems to reduce that. But it will also have built-in equalization software and things like that to distinguish for on two different settings, vocal and music. So you'll do a lot of your pre-processing, so you don't have to do a lot of editing. And then you can also just have the raw audio come through off the mic. It's a USB mic. It's going to clock in at 99 bucks. And I was like, holy shit, for someone just getting involved in podcasting, looking to upgrade their mic, I was like, this is probably a pretty good setup. Buy it for me. <laughs> As someone... As someone who's been interested in starting a podcast for a while now, um, I do a lot of shopping for microphones, and it seems like that that fits the bill of that, hey, you want to start podcasting? Looking for a good mic? Buy this one. And it has everything you need as a good starter mic, you know, if you're looking to invest a little bit. Right. I love my Blue Yeti. And I, I when I got it on sale, I got it for about 85 bucks, and I bought the pop filter. And I still don't have a shock mount. So this one is one-stop shop, and you get... The pop filter, the shock mount, and a really good microphone for 100 bucks. And Blue has said it's supposed to come out sometime in the early half of 2013. So sometime in the next four or five months, the, the Nessie should officially drop. Guess what I'm asking for my birthday? It's, it's a sweet-looking mic. And if honestly, like I said, if I didn't have the Yeti, I'd be all over this one. The Yeti is great because it has additional audio features, which is cool. But, yeah, Nessie all the way. <laughs> Yeah. Man, they should start paying me as much as I keep hyping their stuff. <laughs> There's, yeah, yeah. I hype a lot of things, like Netflix. I'm a big fan of Netflix. They should pay me. And Top Gear. We've noticed that one also. Maybe. Top Gear, Doctor Who, Archer. I don't even want Fantasy Flight Games to pay me. They can just send me demo copies of games. and I. Hey, that happy. works too. Just send me demo copies of X-Wing things, and I'm happy. Let's see. Before we move on to the before we move on to the your news of the week story, Ryan, we got a couple comments in the chat room. Ciro says that won't work. You can get a dozen eggs for like a dollar, I guess, in Naki's reference to wanting to sell. So he goes. So you'd have to see a lot of eggs, and then Troba team just laughed at it. 
<laughs> and uh, Trobentime also pointed out, yay, Nessie, I love that name. And honestly, yeah, the name is really cool that they've used on that. I'm a big fan of Nessie. So, go blue. Oh, and I forgot to mention that one also has an inline headphone jack on it, too, so you get the audio coming through there at no delay. Oh, so wow. what they've done with the Yeti. Fancy. Badass mic. And that wraps up my uh, plugging for blue, because <laughs> I don't get any money from them. <laughs> so, Ryan, what have you got for us for News of the Week? Also, his well, shameless uh, self-promotion. I'm, I'm departing <laughs> from... You guys uh, referenced that I wrote that, that. No, Chris Farrell wrote that article. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Sorry, I'm going to depart from my from my usual tabletop uh, news this week because there's still not a lot happening in the tabletop world. There are several Kickstarters up, but nothing super worth mentioning right now, and nothing super shocking coming out or no no new big news. So uh, I I instead I'm going to uh, shill a uh, a piece of video game news that has me really excited, and that is that uh, Marvel superheroes Lego is now being made into a video game. So, um, comicsalliance.com uh, posted an article about it. It's got a nice little video uh, where the folks at, uh, I think it's TT Interactive. Traveler um, Tales. Traveler's Tales, I believe, Traveler's is the Tales. company. Yeah. Um, TT, yeah, it says TT Games, and that just goes to show how little I pay attention to games. And I'm like, oh, TT Games, that must be their name. Uh, Traveler's Tales Games has a nice little video that talks about, you know, all of their games, how much fun they have making games, and then, of course, uh, you know, show some footage of the the Marvel superheroes game in action. So you've got Spider-Man, you've got the Hulk, you've got Captain America, Thor, Hawkeye, um, you know, all, all the usual suspects. And, you know, if you've played any of the Lego games in the past, I'm sure you know exactly what to expect. It's a shame um, Adahay's not here, because there's Deadpool. There is Deadpool, yeah. Which, uh, you know, they've got Deadpool up here on the title card, and... Normally, that would seem like a, 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 a that wouldn't seem like the choice that I would make. But with the Deadpool game coming out and with Deadpool's popularity in general, um, it makes sense. So, I mean, they've got all of the Avengers, and then they've got Spider-Man, Wolverine, and Deadpool. So it's um, you know several, not all of the Avengers, several Avengers, which are easy to recognize, and then Spider-Man, Wolverine, obviously Marvel's two most popular characters, and then Deadpool, who. Um, is is blowing up large lately. So very uh, very interesting that I have a lot of fun with the Lego video games. So and I think is... about all Traveler's Tales does anymore is Lego games. I mean, they started with the Lego Star Wars games, and it's just taken off from there. You really can't blame them though. They're hugely successful and they're awesome. I mean, it's not there. There, there's a reason they're successful. It's not just because people yeah. are like flocking to them like Call of Duty gamers. Like they're actually really good games. Well, and it's games that you can play with your kids and not have to worry about it. Because one of the guys I work with, he's like, my son loves these Lego games. He goes, it knows that it's a game he can play with his son because a, it's not too hard, and b, you don't really have to worry about any uh crazy over-the-top violence or shenanigans going on in a game that might be damaging to young children's psyches. There might not... There, there, There is no naked ladies or beating prostitutes with sparkly purple dildos. Yeah, I mean, it's impossible to lose in the game. You just lose money. Or Lego yeah. pegs whenever you die. Yeah. I am continuously impressed with how Traveler's Tales is able to take the core, the core idea of a Lego game, because they've got core elements throughout all the games... And then inject so much theme and humor and fun from the different, you know, from from 
uh, Star Wars to Harry Potter to um, Indiana Jones to Lord of the Rings. Um, they re- and the DC ones as well. Um, it, it's really uh, it's really impressive. Just how- and especially because no one in those games talks until um, Lego Batman Two. That's the first one they talked. I was gonna yeah. say, did they talk in the Lord of the Rings ones? I haven't played those ones. I I know that's I your don't favorite. No, actually. I think I know Lego Batman too because that's yeah, like Chris said that Chris uh, said that was the first one. I couldn't remember if Lord of the Rings was one of them. Mm-hmm. But after playing Lego Batman two, when they did a team game there with multiple superheroes, all I could think was, oh, they've got to do this with Marvel now. And oh yeah, this is going to be awesome. I mean, looking at the quote in here, oh, more than one hundred playable characters. Awesome. <laughs> Man, I hope they awesome. have school girl. Well. They reference a whole bunch. He says, movie-centric stars like Spider-Man, Iron Man, Wolverine, Thor, Captain America, Loki, even Galactus, in addition to what's described as, quote, a plethora of super cool character abilities and additional characters. So, with over 100 there, I bet Squirrel Girl's in there. Yeah. Yeah. Aw, I love Deadpool versus Squirrel Girl. (laughs) I hope they do, um, they do, like, uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, the first one did, where you can also play as the villains and unlock the villains. I mean, they've done that for, you know, Star Wars and stuff, but if I can walk around and play the game as a Lego Doctor Doom, uh, that, that would just make my day, so... I think anything Doctor Doom, you would be incredibly excited. Well, yeah, but (laughs) specifically Legos would be cool. I agree. It's true. It's fun stuff. But now I'm going to want to go play Legos. That's the problem. <laughs> I really do hope they do Lego Back to the Future, since they're actually making Legos of Back to the Future. Maybe I want be the that next to happen. Oh, I yeah. want that to happen so badly. Let's see. As we wrap our news of the week, we have a comment in the chat from Ciro. He says, sparkly dildos for the win, I think. Well, it is fun to beat people with the sparkly purple dildo. You can't really blame me on that That's one. That's Adahay's quote in the intro. And it's then Ferg true. also says, Ferg's chimed in, he says, Legos make everything better. And I 100% agree with you, Ferg. It's true. Um, the only problem that I have with Legos is that their sets are so damn expensive. Ferg, yeah. I actually I have to disagree with that comment. Legos do not make everything better. Legos oh like walking barefoot uh like particularly worse. Here's That's smiling. True. Right as you said that, he chimes in and says, "Except when you find them on the floor yeah. in the dark with your feet." Yeah. <laughs> so you guys are like connected in the head right now. It's yeah. it, it's the hairstyle. I got I got some serious foot scars. Like, let me tell you. <laughs> I've I've had I was traumatized by stepping on Legos in the dark because my brother he never like I had a Duplo set before I had my first Lego set. So I didn't realize how much they hurt to step on until I was older and I had my first Lego set that my brother had taken apart and left on the floor and I didn't know it. And I stepped on one of them hard enough that I now have a permanent indentation in my foot. <laughs> Ow. I don't recommend doing that. Ow. That fucking hurts. <laughs> yeah, it's, not, it's not good. It just sounds uncomfortable. It's not good times. No. So real quick, I, I, I know I mentioned it to you guys in the pre-show, uh, Chris, your article was about CES, and um, I didn't actually watch this. Uh, I had a friend reference it and tell me about it. I'm curious if anyone in the chat room caught up on Qualcomm's keynote, um, which was the most ludicrous display I've ever seen in my life. Um, it was just it was this mishmash of... Uh, 
various images. Uh, at, at one point, they had Big Bird come out, and he, Big Bird was talking to uh, another actor who was wearing like this child's Big Bird costume, and it looked like Big Bird was talking to someone who skinned uh, a younger Big Bird. And wore it. <laughs> it was it was disturbing, like. If you go to uh, cbsnews.com and look up Qualcomm Keynote, um, they've got a short article about it, but the big thing is, or you can actually go to YouTube because the big thing is the CBS article links the the most insane keynote ever, Qualcomm at CES 2013, and it's this nice little uh, cut-together presentation of just the most ridiculous images you've ever seen. And this was all part of the keynote. It was It was... I don't. I don't even know how to describe it. It's. 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 It's like uh, an acid trip. It's absolutely, absolutely insane. Um, so I was curious if anyone in the chat room has seen that at all. Um, you were talking and, about uh, it in the pre-show, and what I'm uh, kind of interested in is what they did with Maroon Five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The the what ended up happening is is, is that at the end of the keynote. They had Maroon Five come out and play because you know when I think consumer electronics, I think Maroon Five. Who um, doesn't think of Maroon Five? The, well. the problem is, is that they didn't have the rights to stream Maroon Five for the live stream of the keynote, so they they played like nothing but silence for thirty seconds, and then they dubbed it over with Dido. What? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what? And Dido and. Like, to, to be fair, Dido does sound a lot like Adam Levine. <laughs> oh, you're touching on a trend that's starting to happen at a lot of these tech events is bringing a band to play. Because I think at one of the Apple keynotes, they had like the Foo Fighters there. and uh, uh, Xboxes it, had uh, over at uh, E3 had Usher. Yeah, and they had Trey Parker and Matt Stone and a bunch of stuff. It's more turn it into a media event to ensure you get coverage, even if it's only for the people you have there to plug your product, I think. I, I get that, and that that definitely makes sense. But but uh, the Qualcomm swung wide and missed terribly yeah. with this one. Well, I, it, here's your first problem: is Qualcomm's giving a keynote speech at CES? Yeah. That kind of shows how far CES has gone off the radar of the bigger companies. Yeah, I mean, it used to be the big keynote address was Microsoft, and last year was their last one because they decided, you know, we're going to do our own convention or electronic show, things like that. Well, they were at MacFest too, weren't they? MAGFest was last weekend, too. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, MAGFest was last weekend. I don't know if they were there or not. I did not. I, I was. I meant to look up coverage stuff for it while, during this week, and instead I didn't. Hey, the only reason I know anything about CS is because I had to read up on it. <laughs> That's all. Why was that? What, what, what was that website for? What, what were you writing that stuff for? I was doing research for some dude named Chris Farrell, who's an internet hack. Yeah, I think he writes for that website, gonnageek.com. That might have been it. I don't know, I hear that girl Naki writes for there too. I've heard that too. Ugh, what a bunch of hacks. Ciro uh, has said that's the most fucked up keynote I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it wasn't it's worth, good. It's worth watching just for the experience. It's like watching <laughs> a car crash or a train wreck or a, a plane explode or a well, it's, they're doing exactly what they wanted to do, though. We're talking about it. We we've gotten people to watch it. We've done what they they set out to do. Well, with I, the old axiom, there's no such thing as bad publicity, which I don't think is true. I guess that's what they're no. going for. 
Especially not with the internet. With the internet being what it is nowadays, that axiom of there's no such thing as bad press is is outdated. Because at this point, everyone's talking about Qualcomm and their shitty fucking keynote and how shitty they are and how completely out of touch and 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 ludicrous they are. And I don't think that's going to do them any favors. Yeah, the, the last thing you want to do is become the next internet meme, which is what they're well on their way to becoming right there. I don't know, internet, like, there's some internet memes that they've done good things with, like, chick who plays over-obsessive girlfriend, or overly-obsessive girlfriend, has done a lot of charity work with her, with the money she's raised from being overly-obsessive girlfriend. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, but Rick oh, I mean, was almost the end of humanity. That's true. I mean, well, I mean, Gangnam Style has, what, a billion hits on YouTube? No, that that had a purpose, though. It was to beat Justin Bieber. Yeah. That's true. Once that was done, I was good. That's why people like Adahe listen to it on loop at times. They could just up yeah. the play count. <laughs> what do you say? You so, had like a playlist of just Psy? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I don't know if you guys saw this this madness that happened. There was a whole thing called with a hashtag for cut for Bieber where people were uh, slicing themselves open because Justin Bieber got caught smoking weed. Oh, my God. Weed. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That's ridiculous. That's- that is, I finally have a, a, a marijuana story that tops the people who were like, take uh, take Michael Phelps' medals away, because there was the picture of him smoking pot once. I was just like... Ugh. I don't think pot's going to make you a better swimmer. Well, let's think, like, I, I'm, I was like, shit, give him, a, give him another medal, because he <laughs> smokes pot, and he was still able to win a hundred of them. Like, come on! Yeah, when, when you have to train like he does... <laughs> You can do some things like that, and I'm not going to care. I mean, the dude trained for like 14 hours a day for the Olympics. He still does. He's he's even said he, he said that he probably will not be in the next Olympics. I don't know if he's going to stay to that or not. But uh, that being said, he still trains like 14 hours a day. The dude has to eat like three pizzas for lunch to, so that he doesn't feel even slightly hungry. No, I'm sorry. It's Subway Subs. Watch the commercials. Sorry. <laughs> At one point I read, I read an article. He was talking about he, he ate like something like three cups of mayonnaise uh, a day just to get calories and proteins and stuff in him. At that point, it's sort of like, well, I understand why he's smoking pot now. It's a, it's a dietary supplement. He <laughs> needs to smoke the pot to get the munchies so he can pack all that food in. So he can eat some mayonnaise. <laughs> so he doesn't even get food sick. I mean, but, it, well, yeah, 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 it's, it's crazy. Crazy what Justin Bieber yeah. fans are. Yeah, well, cutting, if you're cutting yourself for Bieber, here's the first problem. You're listening to Bieber. That's your first problem. And I, the first step is admitting you have a problem. So well, I, well, let's wrap this conversation <laughs> off of the cut for Bieber and things like that. We got one comment we're going to do, and then we'll go into the next story. Where Ciro uh, <laughs> has said that Phelps should have had his medals taken away, but not for the weed, for the porn stash. <laughs> that was an awful porn stash. <laughs> and really, anytime I can reference porn stash, that's a great segue into whatever we decide to go to next. Because you'll forget whatever we were talking about before we said porn stash. <laughs> oh, man. I want a porn stash. Just to say that I could grow one. But, I mean, at the same time, I'm female, so that's really weird. But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> When I uh, when I shaved off my uh, my November mustache, the whole mutton stash, I did leave a little porn stash for a while there, and I was like, I like, and when I say for a while, I mean forty to fifty seconds. Uh, and then I was like, I was like, 
Nope. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's when, have you ever seen those, like, really cool gifts of people just, like, doing different things with their beards, like, mm-hmm. doing the morph, that's when you, that's when you do morph beard gifts of yourself. And you give yourself your porn stash for 30 seconds. <laughs> oh, porn stashes. Because who doesn't like a good discussion about porn stashes? Nobody, evidently. But let's go back and talk about nerdy things instead of porn stashes. I didn't realize <laughs> that the word porn stash would take us so far off track. You you failed, sir. You tried to distract us with porn stashes, and you didn't realize just how uh, how apt we are to go completely off the rails. Oh, oh holy crap. wait. Cereal just sent us a picture of the said porn stash. Hang on. Hang on. Oh, God. Oh, this is his current mustache. Here you go, oh, God. folks. Those it's of you guys little... watching live, there's the current stash. That is... I love the glasses and the hat that really completes the ensemble. The hipster glasses with the porn stash. Yeah, oh man. Ooh, that is that is not a good look. At all. Alright, so we're, we're going to get off the porn stash discussion now. I've been <laughs> trying, and this time I actually mean it. And goddamn it, you the host, I actually get to choose when we go off a porn stash. Aww. <laughs> uh... Let's talk about S.H.I.E.L.D. You guys are familiar with the fact that ABC is supposedly really interested in doing a S.H.I.E.L.D. TV series, correct? Coulton lives. Coulson lives. I say Coulton. I did say Coulton. Yeah, I, was, said Coulton. I, I was listening to Jonathan Coulton earlier, sorry. Coulson lives. Sure. Anywho, it's Coulson. Been a, it was already announced that Joss Whedon is the one who's shooting the pilot episode right now. Well, they've also announced at uh, the television critic whatever that was going on this week, ABC president Paul Lee was talking about the series and said that Joss Whedon is also writing additional scripts for the show. Yay! And quote, the script is very Joss. Okay, so does anybody think that Joss Whedon sleeps? Because I'm pretty positive he doesn't. I'm pretty sure he doesn't either. And so the fact that Joss Whedon is so involved in that, plus he just submitted the outline for Avengers 2... And he shot What You Do About Nothing in his backyard while shooting the Avengers at the same time, and... (laughs) It's going to be crazy. I really hope that ABC picks it up. I'm assuming they will, because ABC is Disney and Marvel is Disney also, so they're probably going to have the Disney man in their ear going, hey, make sure you approve this show. We need it. And the fact it ties in with the movies gives them lots of opportunity to start introducing other characters. And it's Whedon, and he has a huge cult following. I mean, just the potential to bring in, like, say, Dr. Henry Pym, and they just talk about Dr. Pym in the show, and then he pops up, and then they start doing Ant-Man in the movies or things like that, or even getting them to talk to Tony Stark on the phone and having just Robert Downey Jr. doing some voice lines for it or something like that. There's a lot of crossover opportunity that you imagine they could market the hell out of. Mm-hmm. They they could really tie it into Avengers 2 if they wanted to. Right, and getting into that, they've also, a second article in here, they've also confirmed the fact that the story in S.H.I.E.L.D. takes place after the Avengers. It is not a prequel to the Avengers. Excellent. So, so does that mean that we'll get, you know, like Maria Hill moving into S.H.I.E.L.D. then, do you think? or That's the question. Well, the problem is she's going to be, she's under contract with How I Met Your Mother, and I don't know how her contract is worded. Uh, Kobe Smulders, I think is her name, who plays yeah. Maria Hill. She's mm. Robin on How I Met Your Mother. I'm not sure how her contract was worded with Marvel slash Disney or whatever for appearances as Maria Hill, whether it was just three appearances, period, or whether it was for a movie and potential TV tie-ins. I'm sure they'll probably try and find a way to have her in there as a an extra, well, not extra, but as a uh, 
recurring yes. character, but the fact of the matter is they have Clark Gregg coming on to be Agent Coulson again. Right. So well, he's the, probably going to be your center, your focal point. The thing that I that I think of when it comes to uh, Colby Smulders as Maria Hill um, is that How I Met Your Mother should be ending within the next two seasons. Like it really need. I I, I love the show. It needs to end. Um. And at this point, she's pretty established as Maria Hill. They can't really recast her. I mean, they could. They could do, like, the Edward Norton, Mark Ruffalo thing. But um, but I feel like she she would be part of the essential part of the show. They, they can't recast her. They cannot recast her. She looks too good in the shield body suit. Yes, that too. Lady Crush. And I met her, too. She is impossibly skinny. She yeah. was very, very thin. Anyways. Well, there's a couple comments we've had on here. Uh, Ciro's asking, how do you figure they'll bring him back, Coulson? So what are you guys' theories? It, it looked like that the that his uh, wound in the Avengers could have been uh, not fatal. Um, yeah. Also, there's that whole, it, it's Marvel, they're really good at bringing back people who die. How about yourself, Ryan? What are you thinking? I see. I see. I see a first episode reveal where, um, where uh, you know, like you, you have the whole episode, and the whole episode establishes all the characters and everything's great. Um, and then they they go, well, there's one more thing we need to discuss. And then you know they open a door, and there's Coulson on life life support, and right next to him is Shepard Book, and right next to him is is Watch. <laughs> um, and they're all on life support, and they're all okay. Um, and then that'll be the big mystery for the rest of the uh, for the rest of the season. <laughs> Oh, wash. What was Willow's girlfriend's name? They can bring her back, too. Tara? Yes. <laughs> Who knows? I kind of figured they were going to bring him back when you go back and watch the Avengers. And the second time I watched it, I remembered that, that Tony made a reference to life model decoys at the very beginning. Yeah. yeah. And then the fact of the matter is when Coulson dies, the camera is not looking at him during the death scene. Yeah. And then the fact that Nick Fury manipulates the Avengers with the uh, Captain America trading cards, which he didn't have on him. So Nick Fury will manipulate them to give them a rallying point. And the death oh, of Coulson yeah. was probably that rallying point. And I could well, really just see... Yeah. And I could just see them, what they're doing in the S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show, is they start putting together the team, and at the very end they go, and we got one other man who's going to be who's going to be in charge of your team, or who's going to lead it, and the door opens and there's Coulson. Walks yeah. in or yeah. something like that. Oh, it'll yeah. totally be a first episode reveal at the end. Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, it'll be awesome, though. I mean, even Clark Gregg was going on Twitter, and he said something to the effect of, ah, oh, putting on that suit again, and then hashtagged it S.H.I.E.L.D. And I was like, oh, so good. awesome. So good. I'm, I'm so excited. Goose pimples. I... Goose bumps. <laughs> Let's see. Um, a couple comments on here. Troma Time says, yay, Joss Whedon is a vampire. So that's probably how he does all of that, because <laughs> he doesn't need to sleep. It's true. Uh, Ciro says, maybe Robin Sparkles will have a cameo in the S.H.I.E.L.D. TV series. That would be amazing. <laughs> Let's go to the mall, guys. And then uh, Ciro says, "I was that. I like that line of thinking. Chris makes sense. So he's going to come back and being Joss Whedon, he'll make it a badass way in which they bring him back. Now, whether he's in every episode, I don't know, but he's the way to connect the TV universe with the movie one. I imagine. I was going to say he's been in a bunch of TV shows. Although it was really funny, um, I didn't realize that New Adventures of Old Christine." 
um, my mom watches that show, and I just happened to walk in one day, and he was on screen, and apparently he's one of the main characters in that show, and I was just like, oh, you're the S.H.I.E.L.D. guy. Right. A lot of people are trying to theorize that they'll bring Coulson back as the Vision. I just don't see that one. That, no. uh, that's a really far stretch. Uh, Joss, we... Go if ahead. they're going to do the Vision, then they have to do the Ant-Man movie. I mean, they, they should do it right. They have to do the Ant-Man movie and have, you know, have uh, uh, him create Ultron and Vision. You know, that, that, that seems like the kind of thing that they, would, that they would feed over the course of a movie or two. Right. Am I, am I the only one who just was never a fan of Vision? Of Vision? Just yes, kinda... you are. You're the only one. Oh. Yeah, everyone else loves Vision. Oh. I just, I don't know. Never just, did anything for me. And then there's a couple quotes here from Whedon about the pilot itself, and we'll move on after that. He says, uh, quote, the show is about people who don't have superpowers, but there will be some people with powers. So your main characters are going to be regular humans, basically, and they might encounter many humans. Which makes sense. Yeah. You don't want to build up another a superhero TV show on TV right now because superhero TV shows are hard to pull off in the long run. Just look at Heroes. Look at the cape, which they never could pull off. Did you see that your beloved The Cape is on Netflix? It's been on Netflix for a while, and I still I had... never watched the last three episodes. <laughs> I wanted it to be good. I really did. I it barely got through the first episode. <laughs> it was so shitty. Don't ever watch The Cape, people. It, it It's it's like funny B-grade movie quality that then gets worse as it goes on. That's but it's not even funny B-grade movie quality. That's it's funny because like... it's so bad. No, it wasn't even funny. Like, I love watching things that are horrible that are funny, because it's horrible. So it makes it funny. But I'm watching this, and I was just sad. Like, I was just sad watching the game. Um, true facts. True facts, yeah. All right, well, well let's talk a little zombies, then. You guys I know like that zombies. The Walking Dead returns on February 10th, right? Yay! Excellent. Well, they have released a poster, which I just thought looked cool. For the return of The Walking Dead, I've brought it up onto the main screen here. The title is An Eye for an Eye, and you see the governor in the background with his eye patch, and then Rick in front of him. So we're definitely boiling towards the confrontation between Rick and the governor. And for those who have read the comics, I want the Rick and the governor to get into their fight. Um, really the real question that is, is, is Rick going to lose his hand in the TV show? I Honestly, I think that they're going to do it. At, at least, like, it might not be, like, as dramatic or, I don't know, that, that's not the right term. Um, I don't think, I, I think when it happens, it might be, like, at the season finale type thing. I think they're just going to build and build towards it. Because Walking Dead kind of has a history of doing that, at least with last season. Well, I don't know, the fact they changed showrunners kind of makes me think that the governor arc is going to be done by the end of the season. That's true, and that makes me really sad, because the governor, you know, is fantastic as a bad guy. He's, a, he's just so much fun to watch. He's so um, much fun to hate on. It's true. Um, but the thing that really irks me with that show is they took one of the best characters from the comics, and they made me hate her completely with uh, Andrea. Yeah, Andrea is kind of, sort of, really annoying. She's kind of terrible show. in the TV show. I really yeah. do hate her. <laughs> The, the woman who plays her is really nice. <laughs> That's true, but the character's terrible. She's an awful character, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that they took out what basically was torture porn of, of um, Michonne 
Because that was really difficult to read in the comics. It's even worse when she gets a hold of the governor in the comics. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I'm glad that that's really not part of it, because I I felt uncomfortable reading that. Like, I couldn't even imagine how they they would put it up on screen. Yeah, but they haven't really shied away from graphic violence this season in The Walking Dead, that's for sure. That's true. Let's see. uh, Ciro says in the chat room, Rick won't lose his hand in the show. That would be silly. No, what would be silly is if they actually shot Carl in the head in the TV show like they did in the comic and he lived. (laughs) But that would make so many people's fan dreams come true. (laughs) Although Carl is a badass this season. He's no longer a pain in the ass. Where's Carl? Not in the house. See, Ciro says the new character they're bringing in will lose a hand. Captain James Hook is the character's name. (laughs) We're we're crossing over with Once Upon a Time. (laughs) Um, I I still need... To, I haven't kept caught up on that show. I've caught an episode here and there. It's one of my shows I still enjoy. It's not must-see TV. I'll watch it a week or so late, generally, but occasionally I remember and watch it on time. Yeah. After having to write for it, I got burnt out really quickly. Um, so, what... So since we're, we're since we're kind of talking about The Walking Dead with the change of the showrunner, uh, what do you think is going to change in the next season? Then, do you Who really think we're this point? do you really think we're going to lose the governor so quickly? I think we're going to lose the governor because I'm pretty sure they're trying to keep him contained to just one season, much like in the books that contained him to really just one arc in the books. It was a long arc, but well, they did give him his own book series. Court of well, they did the Rise of the Governor, which was a really yeah. good book. If you if you've ever got the chance to read it, I don't know. I kind of get the impression that the governor's story is probably done after this season. So where do you think they're going to head? I have no idea. Um, God only knows. I'm barely. I'm just now in the comics. Though my problem is, I'm at the governor's story in the comics. I haven't gotten much past that, so I don't know enough of the source material that they're drawing from to say, oh, here's where they're going to go. People of the chat room, help. Honestly, there's a part of me that thinks they're going to try and tone down the violence a little bit after this season. But they... I don't know. It's gotten... It's not bad, necessarily, but they've gotten... And I like it, but some people don't. The fact that they're killing a lot more zombies and there's more shown of the evil within man in this world because of the terrible things that the government has men do. Well, I think that's part of the draw of The Walking Dead is that it's not focused on the walkers. It's more focused on the people themselves and what how how they survive throughout it, you know? And well, the people are The Walking Dead is basically right. the story to it. Right. But that, I mean that's what that's what I that's why I like it more than like say Dawn of the Dead and stuff like that. Like it's just it's not focused on walkers, it's focused on the people. It's a character and story. It's a very good character story. And I think that, you know, if they take the focus out, I don't know if you guys remember, uh, right after season one aired uh, is when they cut a lot of the money from Walking Dead, um, the TV show. They cut a lot of money. They said that there weren't going to be as many special effects, not as many walkers, all that stuff. And that's why we got the season that we did for season two was because they just didn't have the money for it because they cut everything from it. They cut the, they cut everything from it. They changed showrunners. You know, it was crazy. Um, and now it looks like that they're about to do that again. So I'm wondering if season four is going to be another season two. 
I don't think they're going to cut a bunch of stuff because it's very hard to argue with the ratings and the fact they're one of the highest rated cable TV shows out there right now. Now, granted, AMC's played hardball with uh, Mad Men and stuff before, though, too. So Breaking I Bad, be too. Breaking Bad, too. I mean, and I think they got a lot of their budget back for this season because I think it was Andrew Lincoln did an interview after the season premiere and said that we killed more zombies in the season premiere than we had in the entire run of the show so far. And I, And you could tell. I think, though, that AMC might continue to play that game, though, where they're going to be like, oh, you did really well, but we're going to take money away from you anyways. And I think that that might be an issue we run into with Season 4. Right, and we're getting some good what's, comments. What's in the, the logic behind that, though? Like, if you're doing really well, why would you take money away from them and then create another another season that fans don't like? Because you can make more money. Yeah. But you don't have to spend it on said show. I don't they know. Did that. They did that with Breaking Bad, and they did that mm-hmm. with Mad Men. Mm-hmm. I mean... We've gotten some really good comments, though, so um, let's see. Uh, starting off in the chat room, Ciro uh, says, I hope they continue differing from the comics. And then Troma Time said, so whatever Kirkman wants it to head, that's where it's going to go. And I agree with that, because Kirkman's very involved in the TV show. Yes, yes, he uh, is. Ciro says, the Walking Dead television show needs to have its own identity and story, something I also agree with. Mm-hmm. And Troma Time as well, because he says, yeah, it's been doing a good Excuse me. Yep, and it has been doing a good job of it so far. And then finally, Ciro has added in that The Walking Dead is an ensemble drama that takes place in a zombie apocalypse, and that's why it's so damn good. And I, I agree with all the, all the statements. I mean, the show definitely has its own life. It's not the comics, and that's totally fine. I have absolutely no problem with that. Um, I just, the thing I worry about is what I said before, is we're going to get a season four that was a season two, and I don't want that to happen again, because it was hard to get through season two. <laughs> I think this show was built around screwing people who've read the comics at times. It's true. Because you're like, oh, I know what's going to happen, and then you don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it just doesn't happen, and that's fine. I, You know what, oh, like I, like I said. That. I like I, the I, fact they do that. Kirkman has even gone on saying, um, I know he said this at New York Comic Con, that he doesn't think of the two things as the same thing. He thinks of them as two separate entities, and that's totally fine. Uh, I'm I'm perfectly happy with that. I just don't want to see a show get ruined because of behind-the-scenes things that have nothing to do with the show itself. Agreed. That has, to, that has to be politics and money. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, let's burn through a couple more stories here, and then we'll go in and play our game this week. Uh, first one I want to bring up, you guys, did you guys notice that there was a petition on the official White House website, one of the petitions to secure funding and resources to begin construction of a Death Star by 2016? Uh, I didn't actually see the petition itself, but I saw the response. The response is what I was getting to. There were over 34,000 signatures that were made to this, and the response is brilliant. I'm not going to read the whole thing. We'll put it in the show notes and link to it in the chat room. But they open it with, this isn't the petition response you're looking for. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. uh, Quote, the administration shares your desire for job creation and a strong national defense, but a Death Star isn't on the horizon. Here's a few reasons. The construction has been estimated to cost more than, holy crap, that's a lot of zeros, 850 greater... Wow, I can't even tell you how many zeros that is. It's a bajillion of them. They're working hard to reduce <laughs> deficit, not expand it. Quote, the administration does not support blowing up planets. And why would we spend countless tax... Excuse me. Why would we spend countless taxpayer dollars on a Death Star with a fundamental flaw that can be exploded by one-man starships? <laughs> this response is probably about a couple pages long when you when you put it out into Microsoft Word or something like that. 
But it's brilliant the way they're having fun with this, and they actually bring up the fact to go, why would you want to have a giant floating thing in the sky? We already have the space station. Things like that. It, <laughs> yeah. it's very a, it's, well done. It was a really cool uh, thing to read. Uh, the... I mean, I thought it was kind of silly that we were petitioning for a Death Star, among all things, that we could be petitioning for, but I think it was... It, it, the way that they responded was brilliant and wonderful. Let's, I'm just going to read what they closed it out with. He says, If you do pursue a career in a science, technology, engineering, or math-related field, the Force will be with us. Remember, the Death Star's power to destroy a planet, or even a whole star system, is insignificant next to the power of the Force. <laughs> it's obvious that... uh. The guy who wrote this, Paul Shawcross, who is the chief of the science and space branch at the White House Office of Management and Budget, must be a Star Wars fan. Or his ghostwriter must have been a Star Wars fan. Just a little bit. (laughs) I just thought it was funny, and I wanted to share that one on here. Those of you guys in the chat room, I'll pop it in there right now so you guys can uh, read it. And we'll also have it in the show notes. But it's hilarious. I had a brief bit of news uh, I actually wanted to bring up. I completely forgot about it until right now. Okay. Uh, if you guys don't mind. No, go but, ahead. Uh, this is this is specifically not not specifically. This is largely targeted for me and Naki and anyone else in the greater Chicago land area. But uh, Naki, I'm sure you saw the the announcement that um, Adam West, Burt Ward, and Julie Newmar are all going to be at uh, C2E2 this year. Guess who did a little dance so, of joy? <laughs> so excited! I uh, I've been I've been patrolling the internet for some classic Batman uh, uh, merchandise to try and get signed and 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 whatnot. So, they, and um, if you want a refresher course, they do play all of the episodes on the hub. Well, Ryan, I do care about this story because I am going to C two E two. Yeah, include me in this. Wing <laughs> <laughs> shit. I'll bring my X-wing shit. Not a problem. And I will, I will, I will break out Sentinels of the Multiverse. We will have a game night during C two E two. I'm, I'm going with my buddy who's got the retailer package. So I'll probably be up there the Wednesday before C two E two. So I'll Fantastic. be up there for four or five days. I was going to say Ryan and I will be all over the place at C two E two because he takes care of panels. I do IGN theater. <sighs> I'm just going to go and have fun. It's the first vacation I've taken in quite a while. Well, it's not it's it's our it's our vacation in the sense that we uh run this shit. <laughs> Chris, so, you're going you're going to have a blast. Um C2E2 is so much fun. Yeah, I've yeah. done cons before. This one I meant to go 2 years back and well, last year rather and I had a job swap that took place in between and I didn't have the vacation time to go. And this year I have the vacation time and I've been talking to a bunch of my friends around here who are interested in going, so we're probably about 8 or 9 of us headed out that way. Oh, yeah. Wow. So for You're going to have so much fun. <laughs> for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, C2E2 is the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. Um, you can go to c2e2.com for more information. Um, a lot of great guests. It's it's our it's our big uh, it's our big Comic-Con that is not Wizard World. Um, cuz fuck Wizard uh, World. <laughs> Wizard World was good until the magazine went under cuz I went to Wizard World in Philly back in 09. It was badass. <laughs> Wizard World for us, I don't know if it's like that uh, for other shows, but it's just an autograph show, and it's so poorly done, and it's, it's like you I, could just walk in and out without paying for your for your wristband, because they don't even give you badges anymore. I think that's what it shifted to after they stopped making the magazine, because the one I went to in 09 was awesome. There were all sorts of cool panels. It was right before the latest Battlestar movie had come out, so Edward James almost hosted a panel with... Yeah. Uh, a bunch of people with Michael Hogan and a couple of the other folks who were there. I can't remember. There were some really cool panels. It was a great uh, sales hall, rather. Artist Alley was awesome. I mean, 
I got to go and talk to Edward James almost just for 15 minutes. It was awesome because he was signing autographs and I was asking him stuff about the plan just because oh, I was curious. And of course, I'm going up there. I'm like, oh man, I love Bowser. It's one of my favorite shows, and I'm wearing a Firefly T-shirt. <laughs> Trauma Time says that C2E2 is awesome and he helps runs it too. Trauma Time, who are you? <laughs> Um, just to, just to give folks a, an idea, besides uh, besides uh, Burt Ward, Adam West, and Julie Newmar, um, J. Michael Straczynski is going to be there. The, JMS, awesome. the JMS himself, um, Chandler Riggs from Walking Dead will be there. Um, Ethan Van Siver, Shiver, Siver, Skyver. I'm not sure. If- Skyver, thank you. Well, um, Stevens we'll- actually brought up in the chat room. He heard there's a guy named Ethan Van Skyver that's going to be there. I think he does a podcast. And yes, Ethan's actually a regular on the Fanboy yeah. Buzz. <laughs> Ah. Well uh, then. And uh Kevin Smith will also be there for those of you who are who are fans of He's uh, doing a show there also. Yes. I'm gonna get tickets for it. Kevin Smith. I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. I listen to a lot of his podcasts and I always talk about it on here and I'll plug Kevin Smith this time too. Listen to Fat Man on Batman. It is brilliant. Anytime Paul Dini is on there, they just start telling stories of how they come up with the script and the outlines for any of the episodes he's written. He's going to have Kyle Higgins on this week, who's writing Nightwing. He's had um, Scott Snyder on there before, talking Batman. If you're a Batman fan, Fat Man on Batman is awesome. Just saying. Um, are these? They did do the. Yeah, never mind. You're just talking about it. Sorry. Um. Oh, Trauma Time is um, Mike who has uh, tweeted at us before. Um, hey, Mike. Hi, Mike. See, this is because you're, you're on the internet, so you use a special name, so we don't know these things. Um, Ferg was talking about coming up here, which that would be awesome if Ferg joins in on this. Shenanigans. Oh, man, on these shenanigans. Oh, man, we're going to have an ATGN. Or yeah. should be. Or is the right word chicanery or something like that? Yeah, we'll play X-Wing. I'll bring my game board. <laughs> um, the only problem is that the Atahay's not coming. What the shit's that about? So I don't know. This show's with 100% less Atahay today. I know, but... Oh, that's, that's what he gets for missing out on the show today. Right? No C2E2 for him. I, I do have to say it was really fun for me when I put on Twitter on Monday after talking to people that I was going to C2E2. My phone just kind of blew up from people that I've met via this show and things like that. Like, oh, C2E2 is awesome, things like that. So it was really cool. You'll meet Trin and Spidey and, yeah, I mean. We'll meet in person versus over the internet. I've never actually met Chris in person, guys. We've just yelled at each other via the internet for the past three years. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, it has been three years. It has been three years. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. I think I've been talking to you longer than I've been doing conventions, like working conventions with Reed Pop, which is slightly terrifying. Slightly. Well, I was going to say we do one more story, but the hell with it. Let's play a game. And since I don't have to host the game, this makes my life much easier. Oh, I'm so glad that we get to do it my way. Hooray. Does that mean I actually have to play the game, though? Yeah. Shit, I don't have to. There's two of you. I just be like, it's a tie between the two of you. Bam. The end. I didn't know we were actually scoring this game. No, there's no real score. All right. So, we introduced this game last week. It's called. It's a classic uh, called Kill Bang Mary. I'm going to give you three people. You have to kill one, marry one, and bang the last one. Or you can do it in whatever order you feel like. Uh, people in the audience, I recommend you play this too because it's just more fun that way. 
Um, so this week, I decided to be nice to you guys and actually give you some ladies to play with. Oh, well, thank goodness. <laughs> um, last thank week, you. I was not... I was not very nice, and I gave you Borderlands characters, which gave you one lady, um, which was Mad Moxie herself. Um, I did give you the bonus round of Ellie and the Vagina Monster and Tiny Tina, but apparently that was not good enough for you pains in the asses. So this week... Jailbait, jailbait, not a good idea. (laughs) Well, there's Vagina Monster, and there's Ellie. The vagina monster was who Chris was talking about. (laughs) Yeah, the vagina monster is only like three years old, you pervs. That's true. All right. So this week, I was nice, and I gave you actual ladies that you can play with. Um, There you go. Right there. I just said it. So uh, let me get up my screen share here so you can see. So here is your first choice. We have Power Girl. Um, I like the collage. You like the collage of it's. It's all about the uh, the breast window. I don't know yeah. what I, that's actually called, but uh, I'm a big it's fan of that. It's about the, the boob window, exactly. You got the boob window going. Uh, your second choice. I like the in the lower left the the cheesecakey boob grab. Uh, right, this one right here. Yeah, <laughs> that's hot right there. Yeah. Uh, the second choice you have is Deathstroke. Um, it's just as soon as my computer loads. There we go. Um, you have Deathstroke, which, yes, is a man, but it's Deathstroke, who is the DC version of Deadpool, apparently. Well, Deadpool's a ripoff of Deathstroke, done in jest. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. DC did it first. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember the timeline as who did it first, so there you go, right there. Uh, don't forget it, that Deadpool is a Rob Liefeld creation, too, so... <laughs> There you go. Uh, It almost became Deadpool, but since the Atahe is not here, I feel like it would be really wrong for me to put Deadpool in without him here. And then your third choice is Starfire, which I did the Teen Titans version because I don't like the redesign that they did of Starfire where she's a sex So that means you go to jail if you hit that one then? Well, no, not necessarily. We could say that she's 18, so there you go. She's, (laughs) She's of age. We'll say she's 18. Still counts as a teen... It's the 18 Titans. Yes. So you're totally fine if you uh, decide that uh, you want to bang Starfire. But uh, those are your three choices for this week. Uh, we're going to go with our uh, guest host. Oh. oh. <laughs> so you'll oh. just have to talk to him while she's not here. <laughs> we lost Maki. <laughs> All right, well, I'll fill in the gap. So it's Kill, Bang, Mary to you, Ryan, in round one. Kill, Bang, Mary. Well, I, I really wish I could say that this was a difficult decision, but it's really not. I would kill Deathstroke because... And then my internet died. Sorry. Okay. Well, good. I, I was just beginning to answer. He was thinking um, aloud and pontificating. Yes, I was, I was, I was stroking the, uh, the stubble I got going on here. Um, Fancy. If I if I had my corn cob pipe, I'd I'd uh, chew on it a little bit as I as I thought. Um, this one's actually pretty easy for me. Um, I would I would kill Deathstroke, but if I had the opportunity, I would go back in time to kill Deathstroke so that he could never have been the the uh, uh, source for Deadpool. Because as much <laughs> as I love Deadpool, I hate Deadpool fans. Deadpool fans like will will. Um, 
they, they uh, the, the most annoying ones run around like Deadpool is the only comic book character. Like he is, he is the end all be all of comics. Um, that he's the best character, and it's like he's a joke character. He's a side character. He's I like, I like him. He's a lot of fun. No, why Adahe is not here today? Because Ryan killed him. <laughs> His love yeah. for Deadpool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It, it's you know I, I have the same problem with brown coats. There are a couple a couple Firefly fans, and I'm just like, you had you had one season of a TV show and a movie. You are way overblowing the importance of Firefly in science fiction culture. Fuck um, you, Ryan. <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. Chris, I'm I'm super jealous of your of Malcolm Reynolds uh, replica pistol. Like that's right. But th- there, there are those fans that go way overboard, and I've met some really awful Deadpool and some really no, awful Firefly fans. And you're gonna um, get that with any fan fan base, yeah. though. I mean, yeah. there's always gonna be like those are there are the crazy Doctor Who fans that will tell you, you know, if you've never watched the original series with the first mm-hmm. Doctor, uh, you're gonna go and burn in hell. So I mean, yeah. that shit happens, oh, yeah. and that's definitely true. What what the uh, for, for my money, where I'm coming from is is that the, those crazy Doctor Who fans, those crazy Star Trek fans, have a much bigger pool of resources to 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 pull from. I mean, there's there's more just more material there. It feels like they like those series have more gravitas, I guess, um, to kind of justify that kind of devotion. It when Doctor I say Who just hit its fifty, so I mean, Doctor Who just hit its fifty year. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, that that was entirely too long of an answer, and I'm probably going to get a lot of hate mail for that. Um, so that's what I would I would kill Deathstroke. Um, I would bang the shit out of Power Girl. Oh my god, <laughs> I would. I, there, look, if there was a rating system for for uh, for podcasts, you guys would get the worst one. If I went into even the most remote detail <laughs> of the things I would do to Power Girl. Um, and, and uh, on the flip side of that, I would marry Starfire because Starfire is adorable, and I really like her portrayal in Teen Titans. She's a very positive, um, very wholesome female character, um, specifically portrayed in Teen Titans, not so much in Red Hood and the Outlaws currently, um, or such is my understanding that she's still kind of this oversexed. She's um, very oversexed and very. Str- it's very strange to me because I've never been able to picture her as a sex pod. And just, yeah, I don't. I don't like it. So, so yeah, that's my that's my very easy <laughs> very easy answer. So really, what you're saying is you want to bang Power Girl the end. <laughs> I will neither confirm nor deny that that is what I am saying. <laughs> All right, we've gotten some answers in the uh, chat before we go on to you, Chris. We have Ciro, who says, Mary Power Girl, kill Deathstroke, and uh, bang Starfire. Traumatine says, uh, bang Power Girl's boobs. Uh, Mary Starfire would have fun conversations with her and kill Deathstroke because he's a dick. And Ciro says, that's not creepy at all, Ryan. <laughs> Look, I have a problem, and I have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Chris, you're up. All right, well, first off, I'm going to kill Deathstroke because he's, like, one of the uber bad guys there. He blew up entire cities and stuff. Like, he was responsible for the eradication of Bloodhaven. Uh, 
Let's see. I would bang Power Girl because honestly, I'm a motorboat instead of a motorboat. <laughs> <laughs> One word for you there, guys. Motorboat. <laughs> and uh, Mary Starfire because she's Tamaranian royalty, which would mean then I get to be royalty, and that means I get power. So neither of you would marry Star or marry Power Girl. You just want to bang her. That means that doesn't mean I only get to bang her once, does it? She's just my piece on the side. <laughs> Um, oh I'm, God. To to speak seriously, um, I there I haven't read much Power Girl, um, so there might be something I'm missing. But most of the bits and pieces I've picked up, she does not seem. She seems like a sex bot. That just seems to be how she is. And now, now um, that being said, if any of the listeners want to shoot me an email or tweet me some some good Power Girl runs uh, on the comics, so that I can I can dispel this uh, this illusion, I would be more than happy to read them. Um, but my my impression of her going in is that she'd be a lot of fun to bang. Um, but I, don't, <laughs> I don't see much else there. Um, Whereas, I mean, I've watched most of, if not all, of Teen Titans, and I got to know Starfire as a character there. And that may also be a poor representation of the character. So, the same thing, if people have other uh, comic book runs that would give me a different perception of Starfire, I'm more than happy to read those as well. Basically, I just want comic book recommendations. So, people, send me some comic book recommendations. (laughs) What Ryan is trying to say is he needs to read more. And you should send Um, it I, uh, I I I feel bad because Chris had Chris had the same exact choices that I did, but he had way better answers. Like I'm going to kill Destro because he's a bad man, and I'm like I'm going to kill Destro because I don't like the fans of the, <laughs> the comic book company. <laughs> um, don't forget about royalty. I didn't even think about the fact that, that uh, Starfire is a princess. So, damn. <laughs> well, you might get redemption in the next round. So let's let's we can we can always uh, go back to that round but, two. Uh, uh, we're going to award the points that mean absolutely nothing, which, um... Eh, well, hold on, Nox. Are you playing? I'm not playing. Oh. <laughs> I still want to know I, I mean, you're... okay, I'll, I'll play. I'll play. <laughs> There's um, only three of us. You have to play now. I know. I, I guess I kind of have to. Um, and I'm trying not to itch my uh, tattoo because it's bothering the shit out of me right now. Um, I would... Uh, I'm probably in the same range as you guys. I'm going to kill Deathstroke. I mean, as much as I'd want to bang him, because in this picture, at least, he looks like he's got some junk in the trunk. Or in the front, I mean. It looks like <laughs> he's, he's, he's got a some... Wagon beetle. It, look, it looks like he's got some stuff going on down there. That seems like it'd be fun to bang, but, uh, yeah, no. He's a bad, bad man. Um, but then again, that could make things really fun. Hmm. I don't know, do you like Fuck knife it. play? What? <laughs> well, not to divulge too much. No, I'm not. I'm not a big into the whole blood thing. It's not my thing. Um, but uh, I, I'm going to say I'm going to kill Deathstroke as as much meat package as there is going on over there. Um, I'm going to say I will bang Power Girl, and mainly because I want to have a war of the boobs, more or less. Um, I, I have boobs myself. I really just want to see if you have that much boobage going on, like how how that actually works. Because, you know, when you see lesbian scenes in porn, they were, one has boobs and one doesn't. Or at least that's stereotypical lesbian porn. And I want to see, you know, how that works. Um, wow, we don't watch the same kind of porn at all. 
Naki, do yourself a favor, hop on Urban Dictionary after this, and look up symmetrical docking, and just let me know what you think. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> and then, uh, I'm gonna marry Starfire because I want to be a princess, so. <laughs> that and Starfire would be just absolutely amazing, but, uh, as, as a wife, but, damn it, my computer keeps screwing up. Um, sorry, I just left the chat, so I don't know what's being said right now. Um, so, Chris, if you could do me a favor, and if there's any comments going on that I've missed, I'm going to put you in charge of that. No comments on the game so far. That's cool. Uh, well, that reloads on my computer. Um, so, point awarding. Um, I'm going to give Chris the point in this round, because uh, he actually gave me real reasons, and not just because he hates Deadpool fans. <laughs> I, all I could think was the movie Wedding Crashers. You motorboat and son of a bitch. You old sailor, you! <laughs> that, and that made me laugh. <laughs> um, do we have any comments on, like, uh, the the Twitter side or YouTube side? Nothing there that I've okay. seen come up. Just making sure before I... I think everyone's too busy looking up pictures of Power Girl. I can't really blame them. She, she is hot. Um... This is this is a bad episode for me. I don't feel like I could like if I had if I had to stand up right now it would be bad at times because we were talking about Kobe Smulders as Maria Hill and now we're talking about Power Girl and Starfire. Isn't that what pillows and trapper keepers are for? Look, you know how I grocery shop. <laughs> I suggest you invest in a cod piece. Yeah. Oh man, David Bowie's got some good recommendations for you. <laughs> All right, shall we go into round two then? Oh, let's go round two. All right, let's do round two. Uh, round two, let me pull up the screen share yet again. Do, 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 do. Come on. All right, we're still on Starfire here. Round two, we're going to go... Um, this is actually through our uh, through one of our fans and also one of the elegant weapon guys, uh, Potato Waste, um, sent me this idea last night uh, to do a Spider-Man theme one. So what we have is we have Mary Jane Watson, Gwen Stacy, and this last one is awesome because it's going to be Doc Ock pre-Spider-Man, like between Spider-Man 698 and 700. So Doc Ock is actually Peter Parker. So if you kill Peter Parker, if you kill Doc Ock, you're killing Peter Parker. Oh. Oh. So those are your three. Take a, take a second to uh, absorb that. I'll turn off my screen. This here. is too easy. <laughs> All right, Chris, you can go first, then. You just volunteered yourself. You're going to kill Doc Ock because he's going to die anyways. So why prolong his agony? And if you've read Superior Spider-Man number one, there's also another reason why you just go ahead and kill off Doc Ock. It doesn't really matter. You're going to marry Gwen Stacy because she's the preeminent girl next door. Everyone wants the girl next door. And you're going to bang Mary Jane because she's a supermodel. And who doesn't want to say they banged a supermodel? Honestly. That's true. Everybody wants to bang a supermodel. And she's a supermodel that actually has, you know, tits and not nothing up there. See? See? There you go. I'm a thinker. <sighs> That's what you are. That's what you are. Um, 
Go ahead, Ryan. You're up next. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say uh, kill Doc Ock, even though he's in Peter Parker's body, and that would kill Peter Parker. Uh, I'm I'm gonna have to say kill Doc Ock because he did Doc. Doc Ock's fucking crazy. <laughs> I'm actually I am gonna take the moral the moral high road on this one and be like, yeah, let's just get him out. Well, I don't know if it's the moral high road because I'm advocating the death penalty, but I only have three choices, so I'm gonna but, say that. I'm, but he's gonna die anyways. He's only like hours away from dying in this scenario. It's, it's, it's euthanize kill Mary. So in that case, um, yeah, you're, well, you're putting him out of his misery. You could look yeah. at if you want to justify it. We'll get rid of Doc Ock. Um, I would actually bang Gwen Stacy, um, and the the only reason I would choose to bang Gwen Stacy and not marry her is because I know that Mary Jane is a is a devoted and and um, um, she uh, well she she would make a really good wife because she puts up with spider she put up with Spider Man for so many years, um, so any any woman that can put up with a Peter Parker, b Spider Man, and c Peter Parker, Spider-Man, who still has hang-ups about Gwen Stacy. That's true. Probably, probably would make a really, a really great match for just about anybody. Uh, and she deserves to be treated right, and I think I could treat her right. So, plus, I mean, that goddamn jackpot tiger. Holy <laughs> hell. That is true. Um. On uh, the chat side, we have Trauma Time, who says, uh, bang Gwen Stacy, marry Mary Jane, and kill Doc Ock. Um, I suppose I have to play at this point. Um, I'm going to kill Doc Ock, not for anything nice like you guys are, because he's going to die anyways, but because I've seen way too much hentai, and I know what tentacles do. <laughs> um, I am going to... Bang Gwen Stacy, but not uh, mainly because I just uh, I've never really thought of her as like marriage material. Is that weird? Like I've actually like I, I, I took time and thought about this one last night when uh, after Potato Ways had given me the idea for this, um, I couldn't marry Gwen Stacy because I think I just want to punch her a lot. And I feel <laughs> like that that isn't a good basis for a relationship. So, I'm going to marry Mary Jane, um, who is, who I think would be able to put up with my shit way more better than Gwen Stacy. So, that is my answer. No to tentacle rape. Uh, yes to uh, uh, banging a hot chick, but marrying an even hotter chick. So, that is mine. I uh, I know how bad this is going to seem, and I'm I'm willing to take the hit. I have to step away from uh, away from the cam for just a minute. I'll be right back. Um, please lower yourself. Don't worry. I'm gonna I'm gonna slide off to the side, and I'm gonna mute the uh, microphone. But I'll be right back. Oh, this doesn't sound fishy at <laughs> all. At all. <laughs> I'm slightly concerned. Um. Does this mean I give I, I, he loses his point for leaving? I don't know. It's up to you. You're in charge of the point awards at the moment. Uh, I hate that part. Um, everybody gets points. I'm feeling generous today. Everybody gets points. And uh, I think that that means Chris won. I let Chris win. Weird. Did hell freeze over? I am kind of cold. It's pretty warm here today. It's like 65 out. 
I mean, it's not it's not cold outside or anything, but I'm sitting in front of a fan, so I'm kind of cold. Wow, we just went really random, didn't we? A little bit, but at the same time, we were talking about banging superheroes. So. No, nobody's banging. Well, I guess yeah. In the first scenario, they are superheroes banging. The second scenario, they're not superheroes. No, just tentacle saying. rape just going on there. No one likes tentacle rape. No one likes tentacle rape at all. Well, well, let's do another story while Ryan's away. Okay. Let's see. I'm trying to find the one I wanted to talk. Here we go. Guillermo del Toro was talking about the possibility of Hellboy 3. And basically what it comes down to is he can't make it due to a lack of funding. That makes me sad because I fucking love the Hellboy movies. Ah, now, now Ryan's back. That was pretty quick. That was a... Wow. He I'm took sorry, care of Jeanette. business quick. <laughs> <laughs> I find myself in the very in the very awkward position of either trying to explain what I had to go do, or <laughs> just take the uh, hit. Just, just letting it slide. Just take uh, the hit. I'm just gonna take the hit. There's, 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 <laughs> I'm I'm pretty much doomed here. Yeah, yeah when it's a joke, you can get away with it. A a uh, a third Hellboy movie, I'd be down for that. I might even throw some money behind like a Kickstarter or some other sort of crowdfunding for it. If and it that's came what out. was actually coming into it is he's saying that it's hard to find investors because. Basically, with the last two Hellboy movies, like, for instance, the first one they made for 50 and they got about 60 back. And the next one they made for 80 and they got about 180 and they, excuse me, 85 back. So um, he's thinking this one will take about $140 mil to make. And investors are kind of cautious because they don't see a lot of a return on their investment there. Um, something completely off topic. Uh, I just got a text message from my aunt, who apparently is tuned in. Um <laughs> Just in time for Kill Bang Mary. Wonderful. <laughs> um, hi, Aunt Mary. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, I'm uh, apparently she um, doesn't want me to talk about boobs anymore. <laughs> uh, she says this is your conscious calling, and that your aunt is watching, and uh, you should really stop talking about tentacle rape on the internet. <laughs> Let's go back to Hellboy 3, then. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, he's going to need 140 mil to do it, and then they pose the question, do you think he'd get 140 mil on Kickstarter to do a movie? And that's a tough sell, I think. Um, Hellboy fans are out there, but that's a lot of money. Yeah, Hellboy if the... Guillermo del Toro fans are out there, it dep- I guess it would depend on what the stretch goals were. Yeah, I mean... Part of the problem with Guillermo del Toro is he gets his name attached to so many movies and it takes forever for some of them to happen because there's so many different things he likes and wants yeah. to get involved in. I don't know. I thought it was interesting that that was why it wasn't happening. I mean, I'm sure the fans want to see it. It's just, I guess it would be expensive and the cost has mm-hmm. gone up each time. We got a I... comment on uh, the chat room right now. Uh, Troma Time says that makes me sad. I love the Hellboy movies. They were really well done. I mean, that's the thing, is that the Hellboy movies were great. I don't know how they did financially, box office-wise, which might be why he's having problems getting back, uh, backers. Um, I think... I know, uh, personally, I'm a ginormous Guillermo del Toro fan. Um, Pan's Labyrinth is one of my absolute favorite movies of all time. Uh, the only thing I haven't liked is Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, and um, his PG-13 movie that just came out called Mama, which is supposed to be a horror movie, um, that just looks like shit because it's a PG-13 horror movie, and those are always shit. Um, But I think 
if I know most people who are Guillermo del Toro fans are are almost like to Joss Whedon status of rabid. I mean, they're crazy. And I think if he really wanted to do a Kickstarter, he could, and he had some good goals out there. Like, if you donate this much, you can be uh, an extra in the movie. Or if you donate this much, if you donate, you know, over a thousand dollars, you know, you can have a original prop piece from the movie, and he'll sign it. And I know people will do it. Why doesn't he just go the animated route? Because the animated Hellboy movies were awesome too. I think he. Well, yeah. honestly, I think he. I think he rather enjoys doing the the crazy makeup and things like that. I mean, the work with Doug Jones that he's done is amazing. Yeah, um, that's true, I suppose. So I think, you know, I'd love to see another animated Hellboy movie. I enjoy them. I, I do watch them. I think they're a lot of fun. I, I enjoy the Hellboy storyline as it is. Um, but I think I think if he really wanted to do another live-action movie, he he would be extremely successful in a Kickstarter. I could see him being extremely successful. 140 mil is a lot. It is. <laughs> Plus, it you is. remember, Kickstarter takes a cut of that, too, so you'd really have to do for more than 140 mil. I, I mean, I, I agree with you. It is a lot of money. Maybe if uh, you could partially fund via Kickstarter or something like that. I think I think that's something he should consider doing, is only doing a partial funding through Kickstarter and backing it himself. I know he makes money. I mean, it's kind of obvious. But I don't know. I, I know that I I feel like he's one of those creators that wouldn't have a problem, or directors that wouldn't have a problem financially backing a movie himself. More than likely. Especially if it's something like Hellboy, where he felt like, you know, mm. he felt passionate about it. It's not just, you know, for a studio. I, I could definitely see a Kickstarter campaign to raise X amount of dollars for for like a pitch to a bigger studio like here's how much money we raised here's you know what the interest is like and if they could if they could then turn that you know somehow turn that into a a, a big pitch for a uh, for a studio to come out and and do something I, I could definitely see that I wonder if you could do like a short but you know like or fast. yeah <clears throat> or maybe indiegogo or something like that but I wonder if you could do like uh, a series of short, like, um, films. Or do something, like, financially, it's just easier. But I don't know mm-hmm. if he just wants to do the epicness scale that would be Hellboy 3. I don't know. Well, let, let's go on to something else. I hinted when we were playing a Naki's game earlier about there was a revelation in Superior Spider-Man. So let's talk Superior Spider-Man number one. And we're probably going to have to go into spoilers to do it, guys. So those of you that don't want to be spoiled, fast forward about five minutes, or we'll just wave on camera. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Have any of you guys read Superior Spider-Man number one? Nope. Or did you intend to read Superior Spider-Man number one? I intend to read that whole arc. But I have not yet read it. Okay, well, as you guys know, after the end of Amazing Spider-Man 700, Doc Ock has Peter's body and is basically in control and has determined that he is going to be the, quote, superior Spider-Man to be better than Peter, to do better and more with his powers. And in Superior Spider-Man number one, Spidey is facing the new Sinister Six, who's headed up by Boomerang. Uh, During this confrontation, we find out that, uh, via Doc Ock's monologue, that that he really wants to kill the one guy that he's opposing, that uh, he's enraged and he 
is about to kill him. And then at one point, let me bring up the screen here, you see a ghostly hand grabs Peter's arm and say, no. <laughs> and then you see in the next panel that it is a ghost of Peter Parker that is there and has limited control over his own body and is able to stop Doc Ock from killing. In fact, he has the quote, that was me, Otto. You can't hear me. You don't even know that I'm here. And then he says, doesn't matter. You don't get to kill. I won't let you. I don't know how I'm still in this fight. I am Peter Parker, and I swear I'll find a way back. So, issue one, they've already established that Peter's still alive. And... Ish. Still alive-ish. Ish. He's a force ghost, basically. And they can get away with it, because they own... Because they own Star Wars now. But I, I, I was just going to ask, is he a Jedi now? Is that, is that what's happening? This is going to make me sound really bad, because I did not like the death of Peter Parker. I fully said that. But he was dead, so you should stick with it, I would argue. The fact that you kill any suspense in an issue one of the new book show that he's still alive? I don't know. It, to me, it just kind of proves, yes, this is going to be a limited run. He's here. We might get about a year of him trying to fight to get his body back. Uh, it seems like it was too soon to me to pull the trigger on the reveal that Peter was still there. They I, should give more time to get used to Doc Ock doing evil things in his body. I would... Go ahead, Ryan. I think I think you could have done... You could have gone... Sorry, I, I, I think you could have gone a route where, where Doc Ock just keeps inexplicably stopping without any explanation. Just, just like, he, he's about to kill someone and he goes... And then just like one one panel where he just lets go of the guy, and then says, eh, "You're not worth it," and goes away. And you do that for a couple months, and then reveal you know have a reveal where it's like, "Oh, well, you have some sort you know, Doctor Strange comes up, is like, "Oh, you have some sort of spiritual presence around you that's been stopping you from doing bad things," and sl- like a slow building reveal could have been really cool, but they didn't do that. That's I mean, I kind of understand cool. why they did it quick here. Not that it's good, but because it gets the angry fans <laughs> off your back real fast. That's what I was going to say. Like, maybe they yeah. that was their plan, but because of the internet backlash and everything that no, happened this was already Seven. written. This was written way before 700 came out, I mean. Right, but they could have just, you know, they could have been like, oh shit, oh shit, this backlash is horrible. Let's cut, cut out all this time that we spent developing all of this, and we're just going to turn it into, uh, we're just going to reveal it right away. Yeah, but based off of comic schedules and stuff, this already had to be drawn and read and stuff like before 700 even came out. I don't right. See how you but no, like movies. what I'm saying is like they made like they made it all in advance, right? Made it all in advance and then just cut out a whole bunch of issues and just said, fuck it, we're not going to do I, it. I, I think it's a long stretch. Writing and drawing books, I don't see how you would do that is what I'm saying. I, I'm mm-hmm. saying that's a really long stretch of saying that, you know, maybe they did that, but I, I don't think... I think Honestly, maybe that they were preparing for that backlash. I don't know. I think if you're going to kill Spider-Man, you need to stick to that story a little longer, which makes me sound terrible because I was so pissed off about it before. But once it's done, you can't mm-hmm. backtrack that fast. And it's a trend that's starting to happen more and more at Marvel. It's hype up the death of the character and then bring them back real fast. Johnny Storm wasn't even dead a full year. Spider-Man wasn't even dead a full issue. That's true. I don't know. It, it just... I don't know, maybe it's it's striking me as a cash grab almost to hype up this big anniversary issue. It's the death of a character, and then you put an $8 price tag on it. And Kill somebody, keep him dead. I never expected Peter's death to be permanent. I really didn't. I just didn't expect issue one of yeah. the new book for it to be, oh, Peter's still alive. I, I like Ryan's idea of you should have stretched out for a while, and eventually Doctor Strange is like, there's another presence around you or something. I mean, and, and they're hinting at big changes coming because they put out a teaser for Spider-Man. It's if, called if Fire. You do it, you, 
the problem with mainstream comics to me, and again, you know, I'll, I'll throw a caveat out there. I don't read a whole lot, so I'm I'm speaking from a position of ignorance, and I recognize that. But you guys can, you know, tell me if I'm wrong or not. But it seems like it seems like they they have these great ideas for stories, and they may not even be great ideas. It might be something like killing off Peter Parker and putting Doc Ock in his body, but they don't stick to their guns with it. They they you know they they've got these. There, there's so much going on outside of the comics that they have to plan these intricate storylines. And you guys have talked about this with like some of the, the big events and stuff. Like the writers don't really get a chance to really take the characters in interesting directions because they get such a short run before the movie comes out or before the next big summer event comes out, and they need to start teasing that and building up to that. And it's it it's unfortunate because you know the the stories and characters and and themes and ideas that you can play with with these big mainstream characters that have such a great big expansive audience um could be really interesting and could do some really amazing things but their their own success seems to get in their way sometimes um i i have a question for you guys uh because i was having this discussion with my brother um since when they do uh, a lot of these newer movies, they they're and they're going into the trilogies and whatnot. They do the first movie is always like the origin story. Uh, the Green Lantern movie was supposed to be Hal Jordan's lore origin. Batman Begins, uh, you know all all of these movies. Uh, the even this new one for Spider Man, the Amazing Spider Man, was his origin story. Now, do you really think that they need to backtrack the comics and hype up? The, the movie by doing the origin story over every time that they be, that they begin a new comic series of movies. I don't think they need to, but I think they do it so that it will potentially bring in people, so you don't have to worry about it just appealing to the comic book fans, so you can have someone who's new to it who, say, someone's going out with their friends like, hey, let's go see the Spider-Man movie, who's never heard of it, then they can get an idea. And I know Spider-Man's a bad example because most people have heard of it, but let's say they reboot Daredevil. How many people outside of comic fans really know much about Daredevil? I like how they did it in the second Hulk movie, where they kind of just glossed over it in the credits, his his uh, backstory and things right. like that. I think that's the way to do it, personal opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and I'm sorry for typing there, Naki. I thought I had muted myself. Um, no worries. But I, uh, I, I agree that a whole movie is dedicated to origin stories, even for brand new characters. I, I find that really hard to, to take. I, I, I think it's better to just have a short sequence, you know, a montage or or reference it in the dialogue of what's currently happening in the story. I think that's a much better way to get the origin out of the way so people know what what's coming. Um, and, and the only thing I could think of that makes it functional is, like, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies come to mind where that was a... a even though the third one was absolute shit, it still was a cohesive arc. And the Batman movies are also a great example of, of just... Here's your origin. Here's your your middle point. Here's your you know third movie to wrap the trilogy, and you've got this nice arc all in one. That being said, no one has to do a Batman origin movie ever again. Um, See, I think that no one had to do it in his case because you were trying to restart the franchise after it had arguably oh, yeah. been killed off, and it had to set a completely different tone. So no one had to do it. No, yeah, Nolan had to do it, and he did it very well because he made the origin story less about Batman and more about Bruce Wayne. Yep, which which I thought was was very very well done. Um, but I, I like I don't think there never ever needs to be another Superman 
retelling. I'm really worried about the prevalence of the origin story in Man of Steel. I hope that it's you know a series of flashbacks or small you know 20 minute segment at the beginning of the movie. But if it's any more than that, if it's a total retelling, I'm going to lose interest in the movie real fast, and that's unfortunate. I, I think when you're first bringing a superhero character to the movie, you have to do the origin in some kind of form. Like, I really liked how they handled Cap's origin in the Captain America movie. Agreed. Yeah. I really, and I wasn't a big Captain America fan. But what about, like, this last Spider-Man movie that just came out, where they did the origin story all over again? Like, how did you feel about that? Well, we already know how I felt about that Spider-Man movie in general, but... Other than the mask thing, I mean. (laughs) Well, yeah. And great power comes great responsibility and all that, but I understand why they did it, but at the same time, most people at this point are familiar with Spider-Man's origin. I would have liked them to have made it maybe the first... Make it the opening credits or just a small (laughs) part up front in the movie where they're establishing his origin. I think think in general these days, it's better to err on the side of, of a short couple of clips or lines of dialogue for the origin story and then get right into telling whatever story you're going to tell with the hero because an origin story movie is 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 okay but you if you're telling the origin story you can't tell it, it's difficult to then to also tell a new interesting movie story um, on top of that <laughs> and the problem is if, if you take that origin story and you fuck with it too much then all you're going to do is upset the uh the fans coming in who already know the origin. It's it's one thing to make minor changes and to tweak things, but to but if you take that and you fuck up the origin, then you're going to piss off the fans. So what do you feel about like uh, and I'm not even talking about the first Wolverine origin movie. This upcoming Wolverine origin movie. How do you feel about that? It's not an origin movie. It takes place after X3. Oh, is that what they're saying? I thought it was I thought they were they were doing Wolverine origin again. Yeah. Like It takes place after X3. And it's just the Wolverine. Yeah. So, so okay, so bringing back to the original question, like, if they keep doing these, like, origin movies, how much do you think that's fucking up with the comics? Well, I think the simple fact of the matter, no matter how much we might try and deny it, is the comics are a tool to sell movies nowadays. That's why I, a lot. it's been said in the chat room, and I agree, like, Peter Parker will definitely be back as Peter Parker by the time the next Spider-Man movie comes out. That's yeah. why Captain America was back being Captain, while Steve Rogers was back as Cap when the Cap movie came out. It's a it's a movie driven world right now because that's where all the money is, and the comics are the tools that they use to help drive people to the movies or to continue people thinking about the movies. I mean, look at Cap's costume now in the six one six Marvel universe; it looks a lot like Cap's costume from the Captain America movie, the first mm-hmm. one. Is they're doing a lot of tie ins like that, and I don't begrudge them that because they're still more or less continuing the stories, but they keep changing costumes and bringing characters back like that. I more begrudge the media events. They try and hype up of let's kill off such and such character and then bring them back right away. Or, you know, they're coming back anyways. So I don't know that in the way they spoil it, but I'm going way off topic. Yeah. It's a big complicated, I mean, not, not to make a Spider-Man pun here, but it's a big complicated web and, and there are, you know, there are problems with just the comics, there are problems with just the movies, and then there are problems with how they interact with one another. And that's not even factoring in other media like video games and stuff and how that has an effect on the whole industry. Um, and this is just from, from my perspective of just kind of seeing a little little bits and pieces of everything, you know. Um, I'm upset there aren't more superhero tabletop games to actually go back into my wheelhouse, like, I'm angry that they're like, hey, look, look, you've got action figures, 
you've got video games. Where's my like where's my Euro style economic game about running the Daily Bugle? That's what I want. <laughs> you have hero clicks. <laughs> you have hero clicks. And that like that's why I'm I'm such a big advocate of Sentinels of the Multiverse. Like that's as close as we got right now. And Sentinels of the Multiverse is absolutely uh, fantastic. It's so much fun to play. We're we're slowly starting to get there. I mean, there's the there's the Marvel Legendary deck building game. There's the DC deck building game. Both of those take popular licenses and slap them onto the, po- the one of the most popular forms of tabletop gaming right now. The deck building genre is is blowing up huge. And they're both, from a gameplay perspective, they're both very interesting offerings. Um, Sentinels of the Multiverse is is also a fantastic game, and I, I can't help but wonder if, if the designers of that game had shopped it to Marvel or DC and gotten that license on there, how much bigger it might be if it actually had those characters in it. As it stands, the original characters they have are very cool, have a lot of great nods to, to comic book characters, and uh, they've been able to kind of develop their own their own universe and setting with it. But um, and I want this. I want the new... Exp- there's like three more expansion packs than what I have. I only have the first one, and I want all of them so badly. <laughs> Someone uh, someone came into my local gaming store yesterday and had brought brought in the enhanced edition with Infernal Relics and Rook City and it's all uh, in a nice big enhanced edition box. I'm sitting there, just, <laughs> I'm just salivating. I'm like, oh, that's such a sexy box. <laughs> did you did you did you have some special time with that box? <laughs> no, no, unfortunately, I did not. Although uh, oh although Tachyon Tachyon would probably be my my bang option if we were to do a Sentinels of the Multiverse kill bang Mary. I was actually like debating doing a Sentinels one, but I know Chris hasn't played it, and I'm pretty positive Adahay hasn't played it either. So, but considering Tachyon's a character I always play, I feel a little dirty now. <laughs> <laughs> Mission accomplished! Hooray! Well, I can honestly say after a lot of our episodes, I feel dirty afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 like, I took a shower before the episode today, and I'm kind of feeling like I need a new one. Well, well, let's wrap up the talk on Superior Spider-Man. We had some comments in the chat room that have been sitting there for a while. I promise we didn't forget about you guys, but Ciro uh, says, I think the death of Peter Parker thing was a terrible idea. Uh, I think you had a... Sorry, I was going to say, I think it was a good idea that, in concept, they just did not execute it well. The way in which they killed him off is what I have issue with. It, like, I really like the Ultimate Spider-Man death of Peter Parker because he goes out a hero versus dying and nobody knows it in the 616 verse. And the Ultimate I just think it was cool. is Doc Ock controlling his body then. Right, and I think that was an actual, like, cool thing to do, but they just have not executed it well. Sorry. And then Trauma uh, Time says, Peter's going to be back for an Amazing Spider-Man movie. He goes, just like the Wasp is going to be back when the Ant-Man movie comes out. But I believe the Wasp is back now, actually. I'm not 100% sure on that. I goes, that's that's why I enjoy indie comics for they don't do that. And he's then, got a point. I think and he uh, also says they butched the origin in the new Spider-Man movie. It was a different take on it, but it was relatively faithful to the original. Get bit by a spider, get powers. Uncle Ben mm-hmm. dies, that's your reason for wanting to be a hero. I don't know. Just without the words. Those yeah, that, words. that still pisses me off. <laughs> so are you going to say, Ryan? I was just I, I was going to make a snarky comment about uh, uh, the wasp. I, the last I had heard is Hank Pym was the wasp. He was, and that was going to lead into a conversation of is there is there any other comic book character on the face of the planet that has more alternate identities than Hank Pym? Because he's got like five I can think of off the top of my I don't head. Think there is actually. Because he's, he's Ant-Man, Yellow Jacket, Goliath, Giant Man, the Wasp. Those are the five I can think of off the top of my head, and I want to say there's at least two more. I think I don't know. 
I think he might be the most decorated. Don't forget he also beat his wife. True. I don't know. Uh, holy crap, we got very little time left. I didn't oh, realize nice. that. I guess it's time to start wrapping up, and let's wrap up with our regular bit of what we're into, so hopefully we can convince you all, our listeners, to start getting addicted to some of the things we're reading, doing, gaming, or whatnot. It's that special time where we tell you what we're doing this week. Ryan, what have you been into this week? Well, uh, this week I, I'm still slowly playing through Final Fantasy Thirteen on the Xbox 360. Um, I Push X the game. I I actually am really enjoying it. Um, the it, it's it's weird. It's they're they're feeding me just enough out, gameplay and story elements that I really enjoy to keep me hooked. But there's a lot of it that I'm kind of like, eh. like I only care about one character in the entire cast, and that's Zaz. Like everything he does makes sense to me, and he seems like the most reasonable and logical character. Everyone else is is either like a, a really ridiculous stereotype or just infuriatingly annoying. I'm looking at you, Hope. I hope Hope dies in a fire, but he won't because he's supposed to be a main character. Um, but I'm enjoying it. Um, I like the environments. I like the combat system. I actually, uh, you know, a lot of people have, have been, you know, jokingly asked me, are you out of the tutorial yet? And the answer is no, I'm not out of the tutorial yet. <laughs> that takes about 18 I, hours, I'm told. Yeah, it, but, I, but I like that they, they've been progressively feeding more, me more and more gameplay elements that... Um, I like the pacing for that, and and that's you know it's it's such a long tutorial because they they very deliberately pace the the in inclusion of new elements. Um, maybe which, I'm which just like. maybe I'm just spoiled by Western RPGs, but the fact that pretty much when you start playing Mass Effect two, and Mass Effect three, the tutorial was maybe forty minutes, and then you play the game it was awesome. <laughs> I yeah, JRPGs don't really do it for me a whole lot, but this one I'm I'm digging it. I'm going to keep playing it until I either stop having fun or. I beat it, and we'll see what happens. You're um, a better person than I am. I went 14 hours and got tired of it. I'm not at the 14-hour mark yet. When I get to the 14-hour mark, we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, It was rough. Beyond that, I've been playing Dungeon Defenders on Steam. Uh, again, a couple of my friends picked it up during the holiday sale, and we've been just we've been enjoying that one. So if you guys have Dungeon Defenders on Steam and would like to play, shoot me a line on Twitter at plus two cents. Uh, I'm more than happy to get some, some groups in and do some leveling. I uh, love that game. Uh, from a tabletop perspective, I have been trying to get, if anyone's been paying attention to my Twitter feed, I've been trying to get a game of the Game of Thrones board game 2nd edition going, um, but unfortunately I haven't been able to cobble together enough players for that. That's a big, beefy game, and it's the kind of game where you could ruin some friendships, so I'm very careful about who I play that one with. Um, <laughs> I do want to play that game, but I'm scared to play with you. In, uh, in the interim, I've been playing more Android Netrunner and more X-Wing. I also recently picked up a game uh, called Founding Fathers by Jolly Roger Games, which is about the first Constitutional Congress, and uh, I, I really enjoy it. Um, but I don't, I you know, I think that one's going to be a hard sell for for uh, just random pickup groups to try and get together. And be like, hey, you guys want to play a game about Congress? Um, oh but boy! I'm really getting, yeah, it's, Yay. It's, a lot of fun. it's got some cool mechanics, um, but uh, that's 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 more like. I bought this for me, not necessarily for me and other people. So, um, but uh, other than that, um, uh, I've been reading a couple different books. I'm still reading a, a audible audio book uh, called Team of Rivals, which is a, a story of Abraham Lincoln and his cabinet, which is very interesting. 
it's like 40 hours long. Um, and I just started reading, uh, for the very first time, I'm reading Neuromancer by William Gibson. Uh, oh, that looks good. Yeah, I, I'm really enjoying that one, and I'm kind of kicking myself for not having read it sooner, because that's kind of one of those uh, sci-fi staples. But if you guys like cyberpunk, pick up a copy of Neuromancer. I'm really enjoying it so far. And that that's it. That's all I have. That's cool. Well, I'll go next, then, just because I'm hosting a show, so I'll do whatever I want, damn it. <laughs> and that's what you do. Whatever, whatever, I do what I want. I do what I want. Let's see. Myself, I've been playing a bunch of FTL on my PC again because I have promised myself that one day I will beat the game even if it's on easy, and I still haven't been able to do it. Makes me sad inside. Jeff, Jeff Shock, who writes uh, questionable content, just did a walkthrough video in case you are interested. Yeah, FTL. but the problem is it's so random. It randomizes the map and everything each time that there's really no way to beat it by following a guide. You just have to have general strategies. Uh, yeah. I've been reading, getting caught up on comics. I got about two weeks worth of comics I'm reading. And I did just read Superman Earth 1, Volumes 1 and 2, which was surprisingly fun. JMS wrote it, I believe. I was a guest host on the Fanboy Buzz this week. So that was fun. Got to talk comics, which is always fun. Of the um, fanboybuzz.com? Yes. I was figuring one of you guys would do that. And then <laughs> the other thing I've been doing this week is I have been playing X-Wing. And this is some pictures from our game we played on Thursday night, Ferg and I. And I'm working on painting this game board and making it better as life goes on. But we did a new scenario where it was Imperials versus Rebels, and it was awesome fun. Oh, excuse me, Imperials versus Imperials. And it's a fun game. I can't recommend it anymore because I love it. That's about what I've been into. How about yourself, Naki? Um, I have been doing a lot of Steam gaming uh, with friends over the past few days. Um, been playing a lot of Awesome Knots and Team Fortress 2, um, which I've quickly discovered that I am uh, not very good at PC gaming at all. <laughs> but um, I, I have had to take a break because Borderlands 2 uh, Gearbox Software is doing a Gear Up weekend uh, this weekend, and they are dropping, like, uh, super weapons, like shotguns, and yesterday was uh, incendiary weapons, uh, things like that. Just in any place, um, I've been going through and picking up some uh, awesome guns because the uh, next DLC uh, of Sir Hammerlock's big game is uh, coming out soon. Uh, so I've been picking up new gear. Um, along with that, I've been uh, uh, doing a reread of Les Miserables, which Victor Hugo has... is It's one of my favorite books. It's 1,500 pages long, though, so it does take me a little bit to read through, um, even though I know the book and story backwards, forwards, upside down, and, and uh, every other way possible. Um, I have gone back to painting ceramics, so I did some teapots, uh, and I work, I've been working on designing a new logo for ETGN because that's what I do. And uh, if you follow both me and Chris on the Twitters, you can probably see some of the progress notes that I've been sending him. Oh, Adahe too, but Adahe's not here, so it doesn't count. So this shows with 100% last Adahe today. It's true. Um, other than that, I went and got a tattoo this week, which I will show when it's not molting and I don't feel like a bird. And um, been picking up on my running skills because uh, I intend to be racing again by the end of this year. So uh, I'm ra I, right now I'm at a 15-minute mile, and I hope to get back down to a 10-minute mile within the next few uh, months or so. That's what I got. 
go team. Uh, before we start, before I start my long-winded spiel as we close things out, you guys have any closing thoughts you wanted to share with our listeners slash live uh, viewers? Dick butts, oob explosions, and uh, tentacle porn. Tentacle porn. Uh, only that uh, we're halfway through January, and I hope uh, I hope everyone's having as good a time as I am. Even if not, I'm having a good time. So fuck you all. <laughs> <laughs> um, in addition, I'll be running an X-Wing tournament at Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois, the second weekend in February. Um, you can check out uniquegg.com uh, for more information. Or, once again, hit me up on Twitter at Plus2Cents. And as we close out, uh, Troma Time said that what he's been into is playing Bastion on Steam and a lot of Doodle Jump at Dave & Buster's. And Anthony Bachman from the Next Element podcast and Spoiler Alert Theater popped on and has said that Naki's tattoo is on Twitter and it looks really cool. Oh, thank you. So, those of you guys who are watching live, thank you so much for watching today. For those of you listening to the audio podcast, thanks for downloading and listening to us. I think this is going to wrap up this week's episode. So, don't forget, we stream live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Central. You can find us then at live.atgnpodcast.com. You can follow the show at atgnpodcast on Twitter or at facebook.com slash allthingsgoodandnerdy. And you can find the show on player.fm, Stitcher Radio. Pretty much if you want to find our show, download it from us or just search on Google. It'll be one of the first results that comes up. We're always looking for guest hosts, so if you're interested in guest hosting, hit us up via one of those methods. Or you can leave a message on the ATGN hotline at 304-806-ATGN. And God, I think this rant gets longer each week. I think so. I think every week it gets at least two minutes longer. I think I should just record it and then just play it back every week instead of having to say it. No, that just sounds logical. And we're not good with the whole logic thing. In I'm show. not very Vulcan. But <laughs> uh, seriously, though, thanks everyone for tuning in. Thanks, Ryan, for being here for week two of Ryanuary. And don't forget, guys, next week, week three of Ryanuary. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Everyone, I hope you have a good week, and we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Thanks for tuning in to this brand new episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. If you want to know the up-to-the-minute happenings of the show, feel free to follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. The show can be found on Twitter at ATGN Podcast or on Facebook.com slash AllThingsGoodAndNerdy. If you have any comments or feedback, you can leave them either on Facebook or on Twitter, or you can hit us up at our voicemail number. Just call 304-806-ATGN and we'll get your message and we'll try and put it on the next show. Don't forget, the show streams live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Post the link on Twitter and on Facebook so you can watch us and chat with us while we discuss the happenings of the week. If you can't catch the show live on YouTube, feel free to check us out on the audio version. You can find us on iTunes or on Stitcher Radio. Just search for All Things Good and Nerdy and download the show. But if you don't want to use any of those services, just go to atgnpodcast.com and you can download the podcast directly from our website. That wraps up another episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.